up everyone welcome to the smoking tire podcast this episode of the podcast is brought to you by continental belts when you're under the hood. Do you ever notice how often you see Continental belts? There is a reason for that. Continental is one of the world's largest original equipment suppliers for the automotive industry. Automakers around the world insist on Continental for original equipment belts. The US, Big 3, BMW, Volkswagen, over 30% of all new vehicles sold in North America. You know what that says? It says Continental knows OE because they are OE. Continental's OE Technology Series Multi-V Belt for the automotive aftermarket are precision engineered for perfect fit, form, and function with a true OE pedigree. They're the belts engines already know, so you can confidently spec Continental Multi-V Belts. There's one for 98% of vehicles on the road today. You might not know it, but Continental is a leader in automotive technology. Electronic components for things like autonomous driving and accident-free zones. That focus on innovation is in every product they make, including OE Technology Series aftermarket belts. We are also brought to you by Beeline Coffee. Uh, the Roasted Tire 3.0 is in the store now. This is the third generation roast collab with Beeline Coffee and the Smoking Tire. Uh, the first one had the Mustang on the, on the bag. Second one had the Safari 911 on the bag. The new one's got the Lamborghini Countach on the bag. It is delicious. I've been trying it the last couple days. And man, every time they come out with a new version of the Roasted Tire, they really evolve and and refine the formula. The beans are still from Honduras. They are spectacularly delicious. And if you use code TIRE at checkout, that's code T-I-R-E at checkout, you get 15% off your entire order at Beeline Coffee from your friends at The Smoking Tire. Uh, lastly, uh, as part of our uh, ongoing collaboration with Blipshift, now through December 9th, we have uh, two uh, shirts in our Blipshift store. Go to The Smoking Tire com and then click on the store tab and um, the first shirt is the quick like a fox uh, fox body tribute shirt I like this shirt a whole lot it's only on sale until the ninth the second one is our California dreaming shirt a hundred percent of the proceeds of the California dreaming shirt 100 uh, percent are gonna go to the California fire foundation to help them uh, assist in the recovery uh, with the the horrible wildfires that we had here in Malibu as well as up north in Paradise. Uh, as of today, December 2nd, we have already raised over $10,000 for the California Fire Foundation, but you're only going to be able to buy that shirt through December 9th. So uh, get it now. Go to thesmokingtire.com. Uh, and click on store, and that'll take you straight to our dedicated blip shift store. It's, I mean, on top of being a good charitable donation and, and, and good, you know, helping people that need help, it's actually a rad shirt. I ordered two for myself. I'm going to rock it. So I'm really excited about that. Okay, and now, uh, on this episode of the Smoking Tire Podcast, we mixed up our air dates a little bit, so I apologize that this one got knocked out of order. Uh, my friend Sam Smith, uh, one of the great writers working today, uh, he writes for Road and Track, his columns are uh, very cerebral, <laughs> um, but on top of that, uh, he's a great driver, he's a very fast racer, I'm jealous of some of the uh, experiences he's had, um, and I've wanted to get him on the podcast for a very long time, so so here he is in studio from Rodent Track, Sam Smith. Smoking Tire Podcast. 
This is the show. What's happening, everybody? It is Thursday. Not that that matters if you're listening at home. That's the but. That's the best part about podcasts. Record them anytime. Listen to them anytime. Am I right, Sam Smith? Sure, why not? I don't know anything about podcasts, up, but I'll bro? agree with you. How you doing? Your glasses being at that height on your face make you look really obnoxious. This is my library face. <laughs> I, this is yeah. me when you haven't put the books back. This is you looking down on me. You trying to look be down. superior? I don't look down on anybody. No, but that's but how Zach. to look down without looking down physically. You're looking across, but you're looking down. Is it is it better if I lower them like this and go? Yes, mm-hmm. that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Totally Sam Smith in. of Road and Track Magazine of NBC Sports's Proving Grounds, star of the Esquire 2014 Car of the Year. <laughs> yeah, the five people who watch that are going to be really impressed that you remember. A couple that. people watch that. Not more than a couple, but certainly there were a couple. The it, amount of money spent to amount of people watched was probably like $1,000 a head. <laughs> to date, it's still the only time you and I have been on television together, though. I know, it was entertaining right? as Isn't that weird? Yeah. That, they made that, and then the network went under like a week later. What did, I thought it turned into something. Didn't it turn into like uh, Turned into... One of those networks that has a weird name, like Grope or Touch or Man or something, right? <laughs> Grope TV. No, oh. what, did, what did Esquire TV network turn into, Zach? Um, it was it was like a noun, like pulser. I thought it was, was like it pop. No, it, yeah, was it, it pop? was it pop. I think it might have become pop, which is funny because that's where Nino worked. What is pop? What did what they do? Network. Be? It was uh, it was exactly what it. NBC Universal shut down Esquire Network and rebranded it as digital platform. I love well, that, though. That's actually a suggested question on Google. People actually ask, "What happened to the Esquire yeah. Network?" Well, what happened to is a pretty common. You know, you also get that like on Reddit <laughs> or like on you know on Reddit it's always like anyone ever notice that this guy sucks? Like those the leading questions on Reddit where it's just an invite for everyone to shit on something. I I hate those. Isn't isn't most of Reddit just an invite for everybody to shit on something? Where it's like where it's all like why does anyone like vehicle virgins is like the topic. And then there's like a bunch of reasons. I use that I I use that as an example because uh that happened like two days ago, but it's probably going to happen to us now. I mean, I'm sure the next topic will be why does anyone watch? This? Yes, or today? Uh, today was Doug Demuro. Someone's has anyone ever noticed Doug Demuro's videos are repetitive? Well, no shit, dude, because that's how YouTube works. God forbid you do something different, they fucking hang you out to dry. They expect you and want you to, and are rewarded you, rewarding you for doing the same shit over and fucking over. Have you noticed the Oscars are always an award show? <laughs> have you noticed they always have a host and that's give out these gold shit. statues? Why is Family Guy all about the same family? <laughs> have you noticed? Have you noticed that Family Guy is about the same family every it's episode? It's always got that one guy in it. <laughs> It's kind of weird. God, that's stupid. Very formulaic. This show is always the same format. That's how most shows work. Have you ever noticed <laughs> that Jeopardy always has the same three rounds? That's a question. Fucking bullshit. Why doesn't Jeopardy ever have dogs or cars in it? Jeopardy is the hardest money you can win on television, I think. You know, I haven't watched Jeopardy, and is it, it's still on, right? It's still on. And it's still... They doubled the money, like, eight or nine years ago. But it's still, like, I mean... Think about, you know, who wants to be a millionaire or one of those shows. Like, the first question is worth, like, 30 Gs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, you could fucking smoke fools on Jeopardy, and it's like, you've won $17,000. And you go, 
Did, what? All that genius isn't even worth a fucking fiesta? I stopped watching Jeopardy when, when Trebek shaved his mustache. It's like It, it was, was offensive, wasn't it, it? It was. It was an era change. There was just something about it. It seemed wrong. The guy's bare face just... It's, you, it's, it doesn't work. You're the, you're the you mountain man fuck. I am? That's everything that's wrong with the internet. Oh my God. you just did. Everything. Like, I'm not watching this because he shaved his mustache. <laughs> that's ridiculous. But it After was. saying that people on Reddit complain too much. Yeah. It was. You're talk, you want to talk about shows being the same every, every single episode year after year? Years that guy had a mustache, and then one day we wake up, it's gone. One day it's We're just supposed change. to be okay with go, that. Where'd it go, Trebek? Exactly. Is fuck? it in a box at home? Does he pet it and talk? Is to that it? more or less offensive than continuing a show on a with a different host? You know, like, I don't what know about okay, the Drew less. Carey era of Price is Right. Just gonna say that I can't watch Drew Carey Price is Right, and I don't know why, but I don't want to watch. Bob I actually Barker like anymore. I like Drew Carey Price is Right. I do. I think did he you, does a good job. Did you like Drew Carey's show? Like the, yes. the Drew Carey show? I did back in the day. Yeah, I don't remember much about it though. I don't either. But Other I don't than he was watch fat, and now he's thin. True. He just seems like a, a friendly, happy guy. I so. just want. Did you have you seen the? Uh, you've been on a flight recently. You see the Alex Trebek uh, game show like documentary. It's pretty good actually. He does a he does Alex Trebek made a documentary about game shows. Are you the guy oh. who sits and watches that stuff on TV? I'm mostly just watching. Are you movies the guy who asleep. watches movies no, on airplanes? No, who watched <laughs> the documentary on like what what was it? It was a documentary on the history of game shows. I just sit there and watch movies and then fall asleep. I never burn into the TV. It was I thought it was pretty good. I yeah? like, I prefer I to watch, watch on, on flights I watch a lot of documentaries. Really? I think. Yeah. They're huh. there. They're there, and I don't give a, you know, and I don't like comic book movies. Mm. I don't give a fuck. Superheroes, fuck that shit. R.I.P. Stan Lee, but I don't give a fuck. You know what superheroes I like? I like the superheroes where it's like rich guy who makes a suit because it's like semi plausible, but where it's like dude finds nuclear waste becomes monster. I'm like fuck that shit. <laughs> not about that. I'm not I like about both. that. No, I, I want to watch or some crossovers. Are you telling me there's a universe in which there's these two of these fucking mutants and they hate each other and they of course, fight? But that's literally that's literally the Marvel universe. That's I know. like it's fuck been based that shit. on that for 50 years. Not about years. that. <laughs> Shit's stupid. <laughs> not about that. <laughs> I like the old Batman where he just put on tights and had a cool car. No, wow. I, I, after the Christopher Nolan ones, I can't go back to anything. Oh yeah, like, oh, I'm saying, yeah, rich guy who's got toys. I like, mm -hmm. I like that. You Dark know? and brooding. He's got Morgan Freeman making him toys. I like that shit. I don't know. I just don't have any empathy for like. At, at some point, you have to overcome something, right? You're not overcoming anything if you're just buying toys and then doing shit with them. True. Well, he climbed out of that hole in Batman, the deep Wait, hole. Wait, the, the Nolan ones? Yeah, he climbed out of the prison hole. No, uh -huh. no, the, uh, Bane did that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Batman yes. also did it. Later in the movie, that's right. Yeah. When did he climb out of it? Later in the movie. He's imprisoned I've... there, and he gets out by climbing out. I feel like we already answered this question, Zach. You gotta keep mm. up. He did. He climbed out. <laughs> I'm telling you, he climbed out. He, that's That was a thing. I think, they yeah, cheered him on right. and shit, and he climbed out. After he had like a broken back, and he like rehabbed himself by doing pull-ups and shit. So they both, both him and sure. Bane climbed out of a hole. They have something in common. They're not... You're not so different, you and I. <laughs> That's very good. That sounds an awful Ooh. lot like your Sean Connery impression. Oh, Most yeah, of here don't yeah. react well. I am auditioning for the part of Bane. <laughs> <laughs> you have will one they, accent. Will, will Bane have any sex in this movie? <laughs> no? I'll I, take I'm the leaving. rapist, Alex. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving. Um, you're the man now, dog. You're the man now, dog. <laughs> oh, my God. The clip with you and Spinelli. Uh, Jesus. That, oh man. quick plug, was during uh, the shooting of the Lamar special for Drive, which airs this Sunday. Which looks great, by the way. Or I saw the trailer on Instagram. It aired Zach, last Sunday. Zach got my old job. I did, literally. Zach got, well, you got like a fourth of my old job, right? My old job got split into like four jobs. 
Uh, you got some. <laughs> it takes four people to make one Matt Ferrer. True. Uh, physically, in terms of mass, yes, it does. <laughs> if you didn't say it, the internet was going I to. Know. That's why I have to jump on that grenade <laughs> gotta first. Get out in front. <laughs> no, Zach got some segments. Kristen Lee got a couple of segments. Mm -hmm. Who else got segments? Alex. Oh, Alex Roy, but he was there. For, he was he there was before. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you got half my job. Yeah. Yeah. It looked great, though. You were telling me about the six-year-old thing they did on a dinner. So a six-year-old really? kid kicked How your ass taste? in a cart? Oh, what? Smoked. Sorry. Smoked well. me. This kid was six. All he does is go... He's too young to compete in go-karting for like another six months or something. And I raced him with a more powerful cart. Mm -hmm. Destruction. Absolute embarrassment. Because of driving skill or because the power to weight was still that good? Um... I think because of driving karting skill. Like, I mean, he, six he knew year old the track. Weighs like Forty pounds. He weighed right? forty pounds. <laughs> but it, but I also noticed that you know my my movements are used to street cars, which have are a lot more forgiving than carts. I feel like I haven't done a lot of karting really. Like mm. I've probably done driven good carts five times in my life. So if you go in, you know, break a little too hard or get on the gas a little too hard coming out of it, like you, you know, you step out, you yeah. just lost right, several right, seconds right, in like right. the next three corners, and he never made an error. Especially those carts, like if you if they're not fully spooled up, right? You know that they're they're fucking laggy as shit if yeah. they're not on cam. So if you fuck up that exit, it's like you know, and then it really starts going. You know, it was amazing. The thing I love about those things, I did a thing with a shifter cart and what was his name, Mimo Gidley, a couple of years ago, and he was telling me about how every ounce of the cart tunes how it handles, right? So they put a different stiffness seat in it, and the thing points into a corner differently. Yeah. What? And after like two or three, I don't know, seasons, years, months, whatever it was, the frame loses its snap, and you have to replace the frame because it actually, yeah. it sits there and work hardens itself, because the, the, the frame and the seat and the braces are all the spring rate of the right. cart, and they don't have they don't any... have fucking shocks. Have, right, they yeah. don't have suspension, crazy, so like yeah. your body actually ends up being the damper, and as the cart ages, it handles differently, and so they'll replace tubing with different you know, modulus tubing and, and dick around with the whole thing until it works right. And then as it gets age on it, they actually have to throw it away or it doesn't turn right. Yeah. So they just replace the frame as it gets older. That makes sense. Wow. When I, was, I mean, when I was doing car racing, I would bend the steer. It was, it, yeah. You wouldn't just turn the wheel. You would physically bend it like this to make the cart turn harder. Like you turn it and then go and press the steering wheel like that, Holy and it would shit. actually make yeah. the cart turn harder. Yeah, because I mean, the that. whole they don't have suspension. The whole way they turn is by lifting the inside wheel. They don't have right. suspension. They don't have a diff. So the only way you get the cart to turn is by stiffing it up enough so that when you put it in, the inside wheel is off the ground. But in the rain, that doesn't work. And so it's it's all there's a thousand things they screw with. And apparently, like what is it? Uh, Supernats in Vegas mm -hmm. is going on now. Mm -hmm. Oh and, yeah, and it's all Mimo was saying. It comes down to literally hundreds of a second, and it, it's all sensitive. And tuning because most of those guys are pretty decent. They're all, they're all very yeah. talent wise. Yeah, they're all course. really, really good, right? Wow. The it's dude really who great. bought my Mustang, his kid is running in, in Super Nats. His kid's like 10. Jesus. And he's running, you know, whatever, that, whatever the age class is, yeah. you know, he's running in that. And apparently he's very good. I mean, I'm sure he started when he was seven. Yeah, yeah. I bet. Is that, I want to ask you actually about car setup. Do you have any book recommendations for learning about car oh. setup? Oh, God. Um, any of the Carol Smith stuff. So, like, uh, tune to win, wrenched. I forget what half the titles are. There's drive to win, tune to win, um, engineer to win. But it's all they, they work backward from like the basics of hardware and suspension geometry all the way up to like what a driver feels and how to translate that into what the car needs to do. Okay. But it's it's so 
that's so, that shit's fascinating because it varies so much from car to car, yeah. driving style to driving style, and tire to tire. And it's, I mean, it's. I've met guys, I've met IndyCar and F1 drivers who talk about having, you know, still learning things after ten or twenty years in the business about how to make a car work properly. It's really interesting stuff. Wow. I mean, See, you got it's also giant fucking nerdy and you know, it's super nerdy. It Th- remember Thaddeus got that fucking book, the the chassis setup book that was like six hundred pages of mm-hmm. like engineering formulas and angles and shit. And I was just like, I can't. I tried to look at it for three no. seconds. And I was like, mm, no, there's no, there's a I'll, reason I'll I write. I'll hire a guy for this. <laughs> I could do I could do two hundred pages. There's no. a reason I write for a living. Numbers make my brain come up. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not much of a data writer. No. You don't. You don't, don't really focus on data and car writing. Numbers are. I mean, numbers. Look, right. I mean, uh, car magazines have existed on numbers for for a long, long time. But ultimately, it's it's not. You know, this we were talking about this the other day with yesterday with the Aston, right? Yeah, yeah. Stuff gets faster and faster. That doesn't mean it's better and more satisfying Correct. and more interesting. Well, Camisa was in that chair last week, Hello, and Jay. he was. Yeah, no, we did a great show, and he was. He was just. He was talking about. The level of bullshit that acceleration testing is. Oh, completely. He goes, because no owner would ever treat their car like the acceleration tester for a car magazine treats that car. And the number, the amount of leeway they get with press cars. Yeah. Like, you know, a car and driver will blow up a transmission or a clutch, and, and, you know, they actually, the manufacturers want that to happen. So if they can <laughs> eke out another couple of tenths yeah. by absolutely it's worth destroying the clutch the thing, if it says 4.2 sure. in the magazine. Yeah. But nobody does goes, that. My car does zero to 60 and 4.2. It's like, nah, well, you driving, motherfucker. <laughs> well, you driving, Man. it does in a 7.5. You know, and even if, like, because, you know, what, we've been to drag strips before, and yeah. it's like, if you drive a car like you give a shit about it in the least, you're not getting within a second of that magazine oh, number. Oh, God, no, mm-hmm. no. And so much of it depends on, like, weather correction and fucking rollout and what yeah, the yeah. tires are like and how you shift. And I mean, it's all bullshit. Yeah. And it doesn't mean anything except the only guys who really deeply care about that stuff are the engineers, right? The guys building the cars that come back and say, well, fuck, we're two times slower than the yada yada. We should really get our shit together. And forum members. Forum members carry about Forum everything. members love to talk about what's theoretically possible in their cars. <laughs> not, what's a- <laughs> not what they've actually done. And this this is why I'm no longer on forums. Although, you know what? There are people, you know, I like, uh, I was just at Global Time Attack last week. How was people, that? Uh, it's cool. Yeah? It was it's, Button it's, Willow? It was at Button Willow. Yeah, can, you know, 13A, the, the home of Time Attack and whatever. Yeah. And, you know, people are fucking getting it on out there. You know, Civic Type R's, since you've been, you've been, you came down to LA to do your Integra Type R, and we can talk about that in a minute, and, and the Civic Type R story. Dude, they're a couple basic mods. These guys are running really strong numbers in these Civic Type R's. They're running under, uh, a guy ran under two minutes Jeez. in a stock car. It was like, what tires? It, like road tires, race tires? What do they run? Uh, it was a 200 treadwear, but it was like a. It might Some, have been an RE71R, or it might yeah. have been uh, a Dereza Star Spec, or it wasn't like a crazy. T- it wasn't a Hoosier. But under uh, fucking under two minutes, a button well. Well, here's road what they're doing. They're, they're they're throwing away the 20 inch wheels, and okay. they're going with a lightweight like an OZ or an Enkai 18. Yeah, uh, which will fit over the brakes. Right, of course. Then they're doing they're doing a sticky tire. They're doing like you know an intake, a fucking ECU tune, an exhaust, and 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 in some cases an intercooler because those cars get about two laps before they overheat. Right. right. But that's it, and they're running fucking really strong numbers. The cornering speeds of a Type R on sticky tires is really impressive. Those things are those things are sorted as shit. I mean, yeah. they're not really that entertaining to drive, but they're fast as fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they are, and they're uh, the one we were driving around is pretty nice. Yeah, it's a nice, right. it's a it's a nice car. I I don't know, man. I get stuck on the fact like we go what so the last last Type R one and only Type R we got was the Integra, mm. and that left in what was it? Oh, so mine's an O one. So. I think, I think O one was the last year because O two was RSX, right? So, so that ninety seven to O one is a Type R. So that left a decade and a half ago. They make us wait a decade and a half for mm. another one, and the one we get has a motor that's kind of a dud, and it's enormous, and it looks like it was you know shat out of a robot, right? Like there's there's mm-hmm. there's so much going on there, and in the end you drive it around. And it's just kind of not that much of a thing. It's not super exciting to drive. It I should, will argue every that. single Type R car that I've driven has been like it, it, pull up Sammy's Zach. Sammy's Type R is nice. They're it's all they're all yellow work. Integra. They're all work, and they yell at you, and the motors feel like they came from somewhere, and the cars just scream things at you. And this one is just like until until the nine and a half until nine and a half tenths is just kind of a Civic, and even then, like you, it, it's really not. I don't know. Did you like it? I mean, I like it in an, in a, a pretty objective way. Like, yeah. I think it's... I, I happen to... I love the seats. I think the seats are fantastic. It's comfortable. It's not a bad car. No, it's no, just it's, by the standard of that badge. To me, that would make an... That, that's an amazing Civic Si, right? Right. But you slap that badge on something, it better be pretty fucking special. I agree. I also thought that my Focus RS was pretty dull, unless you were going a zillion miles an hour. See, that's funny. I think that's a more interesting car around It is town. a more interesting car, but... It's still like, if you're going slow, it's just an uncomfortable focus. <laughs> it sound, you know, it sounds better than the Type R for yeah, sure, right? And it has better steering, I think, than Type R. But right. it, and it, it's better looking for sure, better looking. But if you're not going fast, it's just an uncomfortable. But see, focus. that's the thing, right? I mean, ultimately, it's 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 really easy to make a car that's interesting. It, what is it? Jack Ruth calls it the eleventh, the fourteenth, tenth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, inter- <laughs> really easy to make a car that's interesting at the absolute limit of the tire and the right. limit of the chassis. It's really hard to make something that, like, you drive down the street in your in your fucking commute and you go and and it makes you feel things. Yeah, right? the fizzy thing, the yeah. fizzy part of it. Yeah. Yes. Well, because I think the, the product of the times is everything's like a little bit quieter. You know, people driving around, most people besides us don't want to feel every single thing and be turned on all the time. So this the Civic Type R is like kind of comfortable to drive around if the road's not too bumpy and it's got all these things and you can you know use the stereo and use the the HVAC and all that stuff like. They need to put all that in there so they can sell it to more people. Of course, I mean, look, you know? I spent—I just drove down from Seattle in my in my Integra, a bone stock 2001 Type R. I drove from Seattle to here over the course of two days, and it's like it was 1,300 miles. And it was miserable. Like it was good <laughs> miserable, but it was there's. And yeah, I, you even, were zonked as fuck when you got here. We spent the whole day today driving around LA, going to like various Honda hotspots, like the first showroom on Pico, and oh, did you find of, it? Yeah, it's a uh, it's an acupuncture parlor now. <laughs> It's completely a Did you get? Joint. Did you get some? It's did you get? Did you get, <laughs> did you get a little something? Something going on? No, no, I did. That's the not how acupuncture is, works, by the way. Is it? It's I've never not. had acupuncture. How, I just assume everything. I assume it all comes with blowjobs. It, I mean, it doesn't That's matter. That's just because your massage, life has always come with blowjobs. I mean, really, you get a blowjob at the end of all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the point is, we spent all day driving around traffic in, in L.A., which, as you know, is like 80 miles an hour, and then you're crawling. And then 80 miles an hour, and then you're crawling for three hours. Did you hit 80? Wow, that's a that's a good day. We spent all day doing a, this shit, and I got out of the car, and I was miserable, and I wanted like two days off from driving. Mm-hmm. And that's nobody buys that shit. Like Welcome they, to L.A., homie. They sold no. It's, I'm just saying, like they they didn't sell, and the Integra Type R didn't sell. The 
this one will probably sell because it's a real car. Did the, did the, inte- did the Integra Type R not sell when it was new? I want to say they made like 3,500 of them oh. over, like, so what, one, two, four years of production? But would they have made more if more people bought them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, they would have? I mean, okay. put that in perspective. So the E30 M3 sold in 88, 89, 90, 91, four years. Mm-hmm. And they sold around 5,000 of those fucking things here, right? Yeah. I mean, they're the same basic idea, mm-hmm. and they were kind of sort of both expensive for what they were. Yeah. Cars like cars like that don't sell doesn't mean i don't like them yeah the the focus rs didn't sell very well either actually <laughs> it got hyped up for like six months and then they sat around yeah were dealers still toward the end uh taking premium on them no they i'm pretty sure they maybe in la yes but like you could find them in other market you know in the midwest yeah. and shit for sticker and possibly even below yeah. didn't yours just went to uh i went to clayton right? in ohio he bought the fiesta yeah he he He's now owns nice my guy. old fiesta and any he, and he found um he found a pump by him somewhere that has 110 octane Ooh. so yeah because dude the 100 octane tune on that thing yeah. was gnarly that car rips with 100 octane. It's insanely fast. And I, I was like, just go find some 100 octane. Because I said, <laughs> I got him, I, you know, I loaded up the thing with all the tunes on it for him. And, and uh, he went and found some 100 octane. And then he parked the car. And then he sent me a picture of it this morning. And it was completely covered in a sheet of ice. It's like icicles dangling <laughs> off. And he's like, well, uh, I guess this will be here for a minute. <laughs> wow. I love that. Growing up in the Midwest, I love that shit where, like, you, you're driving along and you stop at, like, a Sunoco station. And all of a sudden, they've got 105 or yeah, yeah. Or It feels like a gift. It's, I've never had reason to use it. But. I found in you know what's so nice about LA and having multiple cars is you don't drive a lot of distance here. <laughs> it's time in the car, but not a lot of distance. And so I could fill up the Focus RS with a hundred octane, and that would last a month. <laughs> you know, and it would be an expensive tank of gas, but it would last a month. And so that that there was fun in that. You know, I I the performance was fucking staggering with a hundred octane in that car. What, what changed? What was it like besides the a plus shit ton 50, more boost? Plus fifty. Jesus On both ends. It Holy was a shit. big fucking jump. Could it put any of it down? It's all-wheel drive, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, know, I don't... Some I don't, stuff just I'm not up. like a drag launch guy. No, no, no. It, this thing, it, it put it down, yeah. I, you roll into it, but... Because on the Focus, yeah. you... There's a really big difference between 99% throttle and 100% throttle. You have to be on the floorboard to get the overboost. So... You don't re, you know, it feels a little more aggro all the time, and then you hit the overboost, and it's like, you know. do, you, do you miss that car at all? No. Why? Because I didn't like it. It was uncomfortable. What? No, I I liked a lot of things about it, but it actually made my back hurt. The seating position was yeah. terrible. It made my back hurt. See, Vintage I is more comfortable. I don't understand how you fit one of those things. I'm five, what ten, and I don't. I feel cramped in, in the focus. Yeah, yeah. Especially you with those the, seats. The seats are too tall. Yeah, yeah. the seats need to be. Could I, you, I, yeah, it wasn't good. Could you wear a helmet? Uh, ish. Really? Yeah, ish. Like the one time I actually put a helmet on in the car, yeah. <laughs> ish. It's better than an Aventador with a helmet on. <laughs> so many so many things are. Yeah. Um, anyway, Type R's, driving around Fast and Furious house. <laughs> oh, my God. We went to Dominic Toretto's house and the Toretto's market. It was so good. <laughs> Did you ask someone for tuna? Was it really like that? No crust. No crust. You know, I hadn't, so we got, um, I did a thing. I've never been to that market. Wait, can we just pause for a second? This is a movie about, like, people it's, stealing stuff, doing some pretty badass things, fist fights, but someone walks in and goes, yeah, I want a tuna sandwich the way my mom made it when I was five. Mm-hmm. No yeah. crust. Yeah. yeah. Yep. The Buster, though. 
not Dom doesn't ask for that. I know, but nobody the, likes the tuna. The Buster's in the FBI or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's trying to get some. I want a Capri Sun and a Glock. <laughs> <laughs> I did this thing. So I actually hadn't seen any of them beyond the first one mm-hmm. until about wow. a month ago. Really? Yeah. And I sat down and I um, for a road and track column that's actually not in print yet. But I sat down and decided I was going to watch them all start to finish. Mm-hmm. And then a buddy of mine came over and he was like, "Well, we are totally getting rip ass stoned." And I said, "Okay." And we got pretty stoned and we tried to watch them. We got through like five in one night, and uh-huh. I don't remember anything after the middle of the third one. Uh-huh. But Tokyo Drift was ridiculous. Yes, it and is. And the first one, which I hadn't seen since it came out in what ninety eight. Uh, 2000, I believe, 2000? was the first one, yeah. The first one is so bad and so good at the same <laughs> yeah, time. It's really yeah. bad. So yeah. bad. Yeah. They became like real movies around four or five. Okay. Four or five is when it's like, okay, let's let's not make these as cheesy as they could possibly be. And then they circled back to that. How does The Rock work into it? Because I, I still don't see that. We haven't gotten that far. He's He he's, shows up in five or six. Five, I think five he shows up. Maybe right. six. Yeah. I don't he, remember. Five and six might as well be the fucking same to me. Of, I can't really remember. They, well, they became heist movies, and he is yeah. now the cop because uh, Brian crossed over to you know the dark side of the illegal side. Yeah. So he's stealing stuff. But then in like six and seven, they help. It's like you hire the bad guys to stop the ba- the bigger bad guys, right. right? Because the cops can't stop the bad bad guys, right? So that's kind of where they're at now. What was interesting was we at some point I, I googled the Rotten Tomatoes ratings for it, and it was like the <laughs> first one was really low, and then mm-hmm. the second one was slightly higher, and then the third one was terrible. It was like yeah. five or ten or twenty, and then Tokyo the fourth, sucks. fourth one was down there, and then the fifth one, ever, the the internet said got a lot better, and then after that it was shit, shit until like eight or nine. I think the I think five was good. Actually, what happens I, in five? Is besides, five Brazil? Oh, is that the one where some cars and stealing and like a capers and heist? Yeah. That's that, most. Of that's them. most of them. But that like, was the joke. No, is five oh. the one? Five's the one where they drag the safes around with the Dodge Chargers. I think that's five. That's right? Brazil. Yeah, that's Brazil. That one's fun. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That one's fun because they 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 drag. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> and six is the one that has the plane trying to take off on the, the world's longest runway. There's a there's a car chasing airplane on runway sequence that lasts I shit you not seven and a half minutes. But, but that's the one where they dropped like the pro, everyone's got like a pre-runner build they dropped yeah, yeah. That part was awesome because they yeah. actually did that stunt like they drove down a cleared logging yeah, hill. Yeah, yeah. But the runway was terrible. And then the next one when they had the submarine and the ice and they pull a lever and, and the car bunny hops off of an ice flow and wait escapes. Wait, 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 I got stop, real mad. Stop. This, this, this actually happens? No, that's eight. The ice that flow eight? is There's eight. There's a submarine? Yeah, the ice flow. Yeah, eight is a submarine. <laughs> it's amazing. By eight, it's a James Bond movie. Yes. Basically. I am so going down yeah, this yeah. forever. It's this worse great. than a James Bond movie, but that's what it is. Yeah. That sounds amazing. It is terrible, I but mean, it's also, good. I mean, also a giant waste of my life, but I really want to waste my life watching it. You have a lot of life to waste, Sammy. I have kids. I spend a lot of time at home. Well, your kids will love this shit. <laughs> These are airplane movies. Oh, Seven's where The Rock holds a minigun like Terminator 2. Right. Like yeah. up against his hip? Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, yes. shoots a minigun okay. from the hip. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. baller. All right. You know who makes those miniguns? Dylan Arrow. Same company that makes Dylan Optics, my sunglasses. <laughs> Seriously, it's the same company. <laughs> they have helicopters you can shoot them out of and shit. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Arizona's a weird place, man. Arizona's dangerous. <laughs> um, but, yeah, The Fast and the Furious is... Is how how disappointing is the house? Pretty disappointing, right? So it's a neat street, and literally every other house on that street is more interesting. And the house just has a giant bush in front of it, and then another giant bush on the side of it, and it's kind of run down. Yeah, the market's cool though, because like you see the spot where he pulled up, and you sit there, and it's like, and there's big like donut marks. Did you marks crash in the into the curb just like he does in that lightning? 
he fucking crashes into that curb, doesn't he? <laughs> that anyway, house, it's like up by it's up by uh, Dodger Stadium, right? Isn't it up on the hill yeah. of the stadium? Yeah, near yeah. Legion Park. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we went up there too and looked at the skyline and then drove back down. And very yeah. exciting. Yes, it was extremely <laughs> LA. These things that no one in LA actually does. I went and did. It was great. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We don't do tourist shit when you live here. No, <laughs> no. We did. You know, Sam and I went to the Honda Museum in Torrance yesterday, though, which is. Of about 50 yards from where the Toyota Museum was up until recently. It's in the same building. Um, but uh, pretty fucking cool. Oh, so it's 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 this anonymous industrial park in Torrance, and it's where they... The, the curator was telling me that they basically just started buying old Hondas after a while and collecting shit. And so it's there's like a, there's a row of every Accord, most of which have delivery mileage on them. Yeah, there was like an 84 or an 86 that had 60 miles on the, it. There was a Wago van with 84 miles on it. Yeah, see, that's it. It's like... It's a, it, what's great about it is it's mint condition mundane cars, which <laughs> is not what you, you know, you go to the Peterson, you go to any other museum, and it's like amazing cars, yeah. like brilliantly restored yeah. Duesenbergs and shit, and like the car Sterling Moss won fucking Le Mans in and whatever, but like you don't see a fucking Integra with 80 miles on it, you know Well, what there's I mean? like F1 cars in the background. Uh, uh, champ cars. Yeah, yeah, there's, champ cars. there's like a free yeah. kitty car and... Um, well, the thing that Jill DeFerrin did, like, 250 at Cal Speedway or some shit, but it's... The it's motorcycles up on that balcony there? But with the exception of, like, there's there's uh, real-time Integra in there and then one of Peter Cunningham's real-time NSXs. But with the exception of that, the the road cars are 10,000 times more interesting than the race cars. Yeah. There's a first-gen Prelude there, and I don't think I've seen... I don't think I've seen any first-gen Prelude in fucking years. That's it. Uh, that's actually it. Oh, no, it's not. It's further in the back in that picture. Uh, you like that that accord there, right, Sam? Isn't that your shit? I don't know. Is it brown or red? I, I see that shit, and I'm, it's a cross red. between like thinking of Jack Baruth and then thinking of literally every mom I knew in my childhood who drove an, drove an accord. Yeah. Like somebody's mom always had an accord, right? That white, see that white Acura Legend there, the coupe. That's an '87, and it's a V6. And I learned to drive a stick on the stick version of that car, and it was awesome. It had a lot of power from yeah, back then. It was, I bet like, it was very nice. It was like a 185 horsepower V6 front wheel drive with an LSD, and it would do huge burnouts. Me and my friends would just like dump the clutch and fucking smoke the tires. It was fucking great. But it's cool because that that whole museum it's it's not open to the public, right? They open it for car clubs and shit, but it's just a secret little trove of oh, that all this thing. special stuff they don't let anybody see. That's yes, the, the, the Mugen CRX prototype. So good. It was that thing was really cool. It had these like fan blade kind of wheels that would cool the brakes. It was really neat. They had all kinds of great little stuff in there. Yeah, it was worth it. It was a cool trip. The Toyota Museum that is no longer there. Have you been? Did you ever go in that no. one? No. What was that? It's basically this. <laughs> it, honestly, I swear to God, take the Acuras and shit out and put in Toyotas. It's like the first Camry, the ten thousandth Camry, the hundred thousandth Camry. Like it was a bunch of boring ass cars in yeah. mint condition with even less miles. Like they had a LS four hundred in there, like like a ninety or ninety one, like a first year car with like six miles on it. See that know? right there is the difference between Toyota and Honda, right? You and I both give a shit about a low mile accord because it's kinda rad in a weird way you can't put your finger on, and no one cares about an eighties Camry. <laughs> Fucking no one. Fucking I found it I found it interesting that there 
That's actually kind of true. It is true because at, at its core, those Hondas are are better, more interesting cars than old Camrys. Well, that's that's what's great about old. That's what's great about Honda, in, like golden era Honda. Period. All of their stuff was designed to be even to make mundane shit interesting, and Toyota just designed mundane shit to never that's blow true. up. It was purely yeah. mundane and not mundane slash fun. That red, they had a red Civic. Those was it EK, which is the square E F E F. I think the super square Civic hatch, the Mm -hmm. real box. They had an SI that was like real mint, with like those kind of Group B looking wheels on it. It was be fun. Their cars were real fun to hammer on. Ninety horsepower, and they're all gone. All the stuff in that warehouse just disappeared, even in LA. Yeah, it's just off the roads. It's you never see any of it. No, because everybody drove them into the ground because they don't blow up and they're fun. Mm-hmm. Yada yada yada. Ironically, there was there's you know car 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 and there's one empty space there, and I go, <laughs> what was what what went here? And he goes, well, we got a yellow Integra Type R, which is ironically what Sam was driving around, and I go, oh, where's that one at? And he goes, you know, I don't know, haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> it's definitely stolen. <laughs> like someone someone just took that shit. <laughs> And then sold um, it to Sam. Apparently, they're going to bring a couple of cars to Radwood. Ooh, cool! Yeah, that they have sense. a they have a mint '99 Civic Si. Yeah, she said bring it was to Radwood. It was that and a bunch of Acuras, right? Yeah, and they had some Acuras yeah. too. And she, Natalie came through. I just booked the orange NSX. Really? She, yeah, she that came one, right through. That's the one that has like crazy. It's a late car, right? No, 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 not. Not the one. I'm not, I didn't book the one in the showroom. Oh, I didn't know. No, they have a new. The new. They have the. They oh, have the updated 19 oh, NSX. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Those SIs are fucking great. The yeah, 99 2000. I would love to own one of those. Talk about another thing that just one. disappeared, man. Right, they're they all, all got gone. modified yeah. and then crashed or parted out or whatever. But if you occasionally a stock one pops up on Bring a Trailer, what was that? I just dumped sh- half my drink on my face. Some fucking schmutz on you there. Ah, you want a water? Mess. Yeah, you got one. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, occasionally one of those um, Civics will pop up on Bring a Trail. It's like oh, like twelve to fifteen grand if you want a nice one. Of those. Wow, They're there expensive. was one like a year ago that had had some crazy low mile on it that went like for forty or fifty thousand dollars. It was like, that color. It was electric yeah. blue. Good color, good stance, right size, nice looking shape. You know, relatively just like little details make it look nice in the front. What was uh mm. oh was that that mint like super low mileage S two thousand that was just up on Bring a Trailer that Graham Rahal bought? I missed it. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was like no miles. I mean, it was like hundreds of miles or maybe like a thousand or two thousand miles. Graham Rahal bought it for forty grand. I actually think it was well bought. Those wow. things are cheap, man. They're not gonna be cheap for long. Yeah, they're fun. But yeah. do you fit in one right? An S two thousand? Yeah. Fuck yeah. You, you're you're the right size. My legs don't fit in them. Really? Because right. the steering wheel doesn't adjust. Oh shit. Yeah. Not adjust. Yeah. It, I can fit in the car, but I can't drive it right because of my fucking legs and the steering wheel. They're so good. It's a Japanese E thirty M three. Like they're it, it feels exactly like those cars do. Great. Oh, there it was a th- one thousand and one miles, bought by Graham Ray Hall for a staggering forty eight thousand dollars. Let me put on my glasses like an old old person. It's not. Is it forty eight thousand dollars? Oh yeah, well, it's, that's a lot. It's a lot of thousand miles. Yeah, but Graham Rahal's rich as fuck, dude. What does he care about forty eight grand? He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Seriously, he's rich as fuck. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. Yes, we should get Graham on the show. I know him. He's chill. Cool. And he's married to Courtney Force. How his, dope is that? His dad's a fucking hero, man. His dad is a legend. Oh, is that what? Is, pull up that graph. Is that auction results for uh, auction results for S two thousand scatter plot? Yeah, they're they're mostly in the what twenty to thirties. 
They made a lot of them, but they've been too cheap for too long, man. And they, uh, it's the other problem. They all get driven in the ground. They all have a ton of miles, right? Yeah. The ones that are out there. And what hap- how are they at high miles? Are they, are they a pitch to keep running right at high miles? Are they I don't like- know. Somebody was trying to tell me a while back that they have like crank problems and that the bottom end of the motor really doesn't like long life. And I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. Hmm. I've, hmm. I've never... I, I believe you. I've just never heard that. Every complaint I've heard about those cars is like snap over steer, oh, fuck toe, that. toe problems, bullshit. all that stuff. Jesus Christ. I met um, when they launched the S2000CR. It was at mid-Ohio, like the week before an IndyCar race. And they trotted out. Um, it was right before. So the guy behind, basically the guy behind every Honda that everybody wants, a dude named Shigeru Uehara, and he retired right after the S2000CR. The CR was a gift, basically a gift to him from the company and a gift from him to the company. And it was his swan song thing. They let him design it as like a, you've been amazing, farewell. But he's the guy behind the ITR. He's the guy behind the NSX. Just a really, really cool guy. And he liked his car's loose as fuck, right? Mm. And he, um, they, he, I got to talking to him over lunch at one point. It was actually, oddly enough, that was... Dan Weldon was there, and it was right after he had had his teeth fixed because every picture I'd ever seen of him, he didn't. He had typically British teeth, and ended up having lunch with him and couldn't stop looking at his teeth because they were perfect. But Urhar was saying that somebody <laughs> asked him about all the because you know the reputation that the AP ones have for backing everybody mm-hmm. into a ditch, right? They're like air cooled nine elevens. Somebody asked him whether he wanted to make the change because the whatever the kinematic change in the back of an AP two is, it it you know fixes the toe and camber change or whatever the fuck it is that makes the cars loose. The early cars are loose and the, the late cars are slightly less loose. And somebody asked him if he if he liked it and wanted to do it, and he's got this very diplomatic Japanese face and kind of sat up in his chair and was like, "Oh, is uh, mm, uh, was." Uh was for political reasons. <laughs> and it was just like, you could tell. And he kind of, he did the Japanese equivalent of rolling his eyes That's and just sighing, so which is like, funny. he just kind of sat silently in his chair. And you could tell that he really wanted to say shit like, he's a bullshit. <laughs> it was great. Speaking of fucking teeth getting fixed, since you're going to go through the whole Fast and the Furious catalog, you should pay very close attention to the evolution of Ludacris's teeth. Real. Wait a minute. When does Ludacris come in? Is that two? Four? No, two? He's in two. Yeah. Tej. Why do I not remember? But he, big he, fucking he gets afro. more and more screen time. Really? Yeah, yeah. 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 He, Wait a minute. He's in two, and then he disappears for three, and then he comes back starting in four. And his his teeth maybe just, five. His teeth go uphill. His teeth get better. He oh. got he got he got like dental reconstruction surgery in like the mid to late aughts, <laughs> and you wow. can see the evolution of Ludacris's teeth. Zach, can you Google that? Let's go to the phones. Just, yeah, Luda. can I can I see a picture of his teeth getting better? Yeah, you can compare the cover of the Chicken and Beer album to current Ludacris teeth, and he has like perfect teeth now, and he had all kind of like fucked up, you know, teeth. Before. You know what? Speaking as somebody who has kind of fucked up teeth and giant gap between his two front teeth, good for him, man. Yeah, good well, that's what you do when you get money. You yeah. get your fucking face fixed. Fuck yeah. <laughs> What does that say? Five rappers that got... Dude, there are some... Traded in their grills there are, for perfect There are eat. websites yeah. that just really waste everybody's time, yeah. which, which we're doing right now. That headline uh, included the word mouth. Right, M-O-U-F. That's a ludicrousism. That's a ludicrousism. From yuck whatever, mouth. Yuck mouth to, to pearly, pearly whites. whites. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
that's that'll that'll be my the title of my autobiography from well, I mean, yuck it, mouth to pearly white. Was it wasn't some of the snap oversteer in those cars just due to like a toe change under compression, which you could fix if you wanted to with like different end links or something? Supposedly, <sighs> but the, yeah, so, yeah, yawn. <laughs> Supposedly, here's the thing, right? If if you know what you're doing and you drive an AP one like a baller, it's fine. If you know don't know what you're doing and you go into a corner and you get all weird about it and you lift and you stupid shit, it will put you in a fucking ditch. So will an aircraft 911. Who there, cares? There's a video on Instagram. I don't want to pull it up because I want to blow up this person, but they're a, a pretty big commercial director and they got a bunch of cars and they're take they have an S2000 at a track day and the, the comment was like just can't get this thing to stick. The guy's in a corner, does not lift the throttle at all, and is just sawing back and forth. It's like oversteer, catch, oversteer, catch, oversteer, catch. But you can hear that he doesn't ever modulate the throttle. He just stays in it. And like yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this might be hard. <laughs> this might be hard to catch if you just. <laughs> They're great cars. If I bought one, I'd buy an early one. That's just me. I like their. I think they're gorgeous. I always I like them. I just can't drive my. They're my really good legs. with a hard top on them too. You should yeah. shrink. I should. I should that. shrink. Yeah, just get smaller. Yeah, it's easy. I don't need a shrink. I can drive a Countach, my friend. Oh my god! Mm. I was there. I, I I want this on the record. You I was there. there when Matt Farah picked up his Countach. How shiny was it this morning? It's too? so red. Shiny. <laughs> it's the reddest car ever. I love. I love. So so, he gets the walk around from Eric. Was Eric, Eric at GTO? From Eric yeah. at GTO Engineering. Literally this this Ferrari shop I've been reading about for like. 20 years he gets the walk around and he I, at one point i stick my head in they're sitting in the car with the doors up because of course you do and it's running and i can't i could not hear you guys over the sound of the engine and i was it's literally like loud. six <laughs> inches from his face and you looked at me and you're like the air works and i put my hand in front of the vent and it was the tiniest hamster fart no it's a, not because i turned it down because it was really cold i drove it around all day so Did it work so go back to a picture zach where you can see the windows because i need to accentuate so right there that, that's fine any of those that one's fine. So you can see that window there is divided in half, right? Yeah. So the only part of the window that goes down is the lower half, and the lower half only goes down halfway. It's like a takeout window. So it's you couldn't even fit a Big Mac through it. I mean, it's like it's literally like a mail slot. Okay. So if the air conditioning doesn't work on one of these, boy, do you have a problem, especially most, in California. I saw your car's cranks. Are most of them cranks? They're all cranks. Electric. They're all no, cranks? No, they're all cranks. The windows. Really? Yeah, they're all cranks. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so the air conditioning in this car cranks cold as a motherfucker. It get it got chilly. It actually got, got chilly in the car. How do you fit that thing? There's no room in it. How do I fit in it? Yeah. I take my shoes off okay. first. First, I have to take the shoes off. I like that you wore flip-flops this morning to pick that up. Because I took the shoes off. That's why I drive barefoot. <laughs> I drive the car barefoot. People, I got so many DMs today, like at least five or six DMs like, dude, you drive with flip-flops? And I go, I take them off. And they go, barefoot? Like, as if the concept of driving without shoes was like... <laughs> I, I drive with flip-flops a lot. I go canyon driving with flip-flops often. They stick to my feet. I've been wearing them since I was like five yeah, often. Like, and mine are the right width. There's wise my foot so I can heel toe on the side. I every heel day, toe they, barefoot. They have yeah. as much feel as like Adidas. See, a, a barefoot I get. But I'm like every time I try barefoot. and drive in flip-flots, the flop moves around out of my foot and I can't. That's why I take them off and drive barefoot. Yeah, you need better flip-flops that Obviously. stick better. But I, I knew not. I was going to be getting in and out of the car a bunch today. So I wore flip-flops and... Oop, I gotta oh. change the thing. The uh, and so yeah, barefoot works. If I could, I could do it with driving shoes too, with like real narrow driving shoes if I, I cared. I feel but like I'm in a room with some flop connoisseurs. I don't know enough about flip flops. Sounds so good. It has an Albertoni exhaust on it. What? So that that weird. Um, there was that weird like mesh hold 
grated thing around the around the exhaust yeah. tips. Is that stock? Is that yeah. that pipe? Or? No, that's always that's always there. It was this like weird scaffolded sa- scaffolded yeah, the, satin black thing. On the the back license of the car. plate's actually mounted on it. Really? But it's like heat. It's I think it's some kind of heat def- fucking diffuser thing. That yeah, you can just see it in that. Oh okay. Yeah. Uh, it, the license plate's mounted on it, but could yeah, you, that's stock. So when you when you backed up into the garage, you you tried it on the sill and then got back in the car. Could you not? Could you reach the clutch if you're sitting on the sill? Oh, did you do the sill move? Yeah, I tried to do the sill move. If you Harris can do it, so you can do it. Well, I just no, mean but height wise, no, no, on the sill. Yeah, I can do. I think with the sill move, you're supposed to sit on the sill and then put it in gear and use your right foot on the to ride the clutch a little bit. Like that's your only move. Like you don't. Do both feet. You do one. Your right foot on the clutch pedal. Uh, I couldn't see his feet when he did. It. He was showing Spinelli how to back it up, and he backed it up real nice. Yeah, and then stopped it. But I could probably I, do. I got to figure it out a little bit. I didn't yeah. really enjoy the sill move, and I'm tall enough that I can just kind of lean out the side of the oh, car. Oh well, see that. Yeah, then you're fine. I was contemplating maybe asking Clarion to <laughs> hook me up with a little backup camera to solve that issue. That'd be cool. Yeah, but I took it to the gym, and I sat in traffic the entire way. And it didn't get hot. It What's the clutch? Is it weird? Like, is the clutch heavy? What's it? Uh, it's a pain on the, the heavier side, but it's not nearly as bad as everybody says. It is everyone keeps telling me this car? This car sucks. The clutch is heavy. The shifter sucks. Nah, it's fine. It's totally fucking fine. I drove in traffic. It took me forty five minutes to get from GTO to the gym in morning rush hour traffic, and like it's fine. Car was fine. Air conditioning going. Nice. Fucking fine. And then. Uh, it actually has a very short overhang on the nose, so even with the wonky driveway angles, like it was fine. The ride is beautifully supple. Rides nice. Got all that tire. Yeah, big sidewalls. Mm-hmm. For real. And then I went to Whole Foods and I filled the fucking. It has a trunk actually. The, way, the where the wing is lifts up, and there's a there is a proper trunk. It's but, the size of a duffel bag. It's tiny. And it's that's great. where my duffel bag went. So I put the fucking groceries <laughs> in the passenger seat. And I someone a dude pulled up next to me in a vintage Beetle. Uh, and it was all about the car, and it turns out he's an instructor at Porsche Experience Center. And, no kidding. Yeah. Cool. And oh, he cool. wrote a book uh, called, oh, fuck, I left his card at home. Uh, I, I invited him on the podcast to talk about it. His book was basically called, like, something like How Not to Die on a Racetrack, or something really on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny. Um, and then after that, I, I went on the highway for a little bit. I looked on Google Maps, and the highway was clear, so I did a blast up the highway. It was Lovely. Does it feel fast? Yes. Really? Yeah. Why? Is it like all up top? Is it in the middle? Where is it's it? It's got a good mid range punch. Yeah. But it builds. It's very linear. It's it's got good you know good torque at the bottom. Um, Does it sound good in the car? Because a lot of stuff like that sounds amazing when you're not in it. But no, shit it sounds. Inside. No, it sounds good. Oh, it's loud. You. It's fuck it's you. a loud car. It's it's not quiet. <laughs> you you hear you hear all engine all the time. The CD player's there, but I didn't have any CDs, so I didn't even try to turn the radio on. I heard, I heard you asking him about it, like oil temp. How long does it take to, to get that massive thing warm? I don't actually know, because I don't think it was ever fully cold. He warmed it up before we showed up this morning. I don't know. We'll figure it out tomorrow. Yeah. It didn't take long at all for the water temp to come up to normal. I believe that. That, that, that was quick. Um, and... Uh, it was really nice. I was I was super impressed at how nice it was to drive. I, I I thought it was great. The one we had in Miami worked really well. Uh, the AC just didn't. So Mike was sweating. Yeah. He had a mint green shirt on, which looked amazing. And then when he sweat through it, it's like it's like gray. It's very <laughs> obvious. And it was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> I, I can up. imagine if the AC broke, it would be real miserable. Have you but driven a five twelve TR? 
Everybody says those are like livable and real. Yeah, they exactly. That's yeah. exactly my question. Yeah, because uh, that's what we had on that show, and and Harris was like, "Look, these both came out at the same time. They're both amazing and gorgeous and quick." Yes. But the TR was like a nice big step in livability. Yeah, yeah. I drove. I, I think I drove a TR. I definitely drove a Testarossa, and I would say that yeah, it's a it's easier probably to live with, but the sense of occasion is mm-hmm. not the same. Completely it, agree. You know what it's got? Fucking power doors, dude. This someone in the eighties, the guy before David, installed power door actuators so you click click and the doors go up. That's no right. You way. Have, yep. It's this little it's a little like chiclet of a viper remote. It's a viper remote it. and you it's got a remote popper and you can pop both the doors together from outside the car. That's amazing. It's fucking amazing. fire. What, what I find, he said that um what was he saying? He said that the the door struts, the things that actually raise the door, yeah. they had to they had to increase the pressure in them cuz yes. the actuate the weight of the actuator in the door was enough to make the doors rise more slowly, right? right? Yes. It's and then he also crazy. said cuz it was cool this morning. It was like in yeah. the low 50s. They went slow. He said, "Yeah, when you park it outside and it's a little warmer out, they go up faster and I when I parked it outside the gym and it sat there for like an hour, Two hours actually, and when I came out and popped it, they were like, it went right up. I was <laughs> like, oh, it was f- not not kidding. Can you pop one door at a time? Or you just yes. have to pop both of them. No, no. One, oh there's a button God. for each door. It's so good. You'd be like, come on, baby. Bup, bup. <laughs> it's fucking doors that do rad. This. Doors that do this. Yeah. <laughs> it was great, and everyone who saw me, you know, smiles, waves, cameras. I got stopped by a bunch of people. Um, two women at the gym, women in their 40s, came up to me. Oh my God, is that your Countach outside? I remember those from the 80s. Like, they were very excited about it. People at Whole Foods were fucking losing their shit. It was great. We are so completely going to take a trip in it. We're going to do you know some what, long, dude? stupid I'm so happy. It's, it's more comfortable than I remember it being. Yeah. The seat, it's certainly at least as comfortable as a fucking Aventador. And, and you and I can go on a highway road trip in it, and it was uh-huh. absolutely lovely on the highway. It was oh, great. Oh, it's it going to be really, good. really nice. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, it, I mean, it kind of sucks in traffic. It's not like it's, a it's not ideal. It's a Countach, but I'll tell you what, better than the DeLorean in traffic. Really? Yeah. Wow. Idle smoother. The brakes are more predictable. It's fucking nice. It's Something. nice. That DeLorean man. It was like it was so special, but always had a problem. Just, it was just always a. It just wasn't. You yeah. know, even at its best, it wasn't that fun. This is like, I would drive this to dinner even when I wouldn't drive the DeLorean to dinner because it's actually kind of nice to drive in the city. Yeah, that's a big, yeah. that makes a big difference. Yeah, it's very, very exciting. And it's like when I went to buy it originally, like the engine was out of it and the wheels were off it, like it was on a lift. So I was like, and it was like dusty. And it was the same car I remembered, but like when we went back this morning and we showed up and it was detailed, I was like, oh, oh, oh cool. yeah, you're very fucking- cool. Pretty. I love know. when you when you guys are talking. I just start. I love how those things like every inch of them looks like it was built by. Like it's gorgeous from ten feet, and then you start looking at the details. And this this doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't make it worse for it. But every detail on the thing looks like it was crafted or or, or assembled or stuck together by like three hundred drunk elves. Right? <laughs> it's all rough. It's real rough around the edges, and you don't care. Yeah. No. It's fine. It's totally fine. It's all all good. The dreamy look on your face when you said that. When I pulled it into my garage in my house this morning, and a couple people walked by the house, they were like, oh, dude. A A guy was driving past in a fully polished Land Rover Defender 90. With no paint on it, just really? polished, yeah, aluminum? fully polished aluminum. Shit. Yeah, and it had a it had a, a discovery uh, swap in it. Cool. And he was just like, 
that's the cleanest one of those I've seen in fucking 15 years. He's like, that's that's amazing. Because yeah. who doesn't know what a Countach is? Right? Everybody yeah. knows it's everybody. literally the Lamborghini. Yeah, everybody knows what it is. It's, so it's awesome. It's so loud in traffic, though. Like, not for inside. <laughs> like, you can tell, like, yeah, P, you roll up, you know, you pull up next to someone and they look over and they, it idles at 1500 RPM. Holy shit. <laughs> that's great. Uh, so oh, good. scream, man! I, I I haven't heard your I haven't heard yours in years. I would say, but when when Spinelli was going across that causeway in Miami, and once it came on cam and stuff, it was yeah. like, oh, the whole city heard it. Yeah, it, it comes on cam at like forty five hundred RPM from forty five hundred to seventy five hundred. It fucking screams. It's great, <laughs> but it it makes noise all the time. So good. <laughs> so good. Uh, we got a lot. Oh shit, we got a lot we of do. questions, don't we? Are those okay. all from today? Or yeah. you pulled up? Wow, we we're today. Last show, huh? Those are today. We got a bunch. Um, what the fuck else? Do we have anything else before we get to questions? There's a, it seems like that that could drive at least a half hour. There's a bunch of them. All right. Get in the super chat, folks, if you want to talk to me and Sammy about some cars. Uh, people ask us questions and we answer them. I, I understand how the internet works. Mm -hmm. Amazingly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ryan says, what mods can I do to make my 2016 Audi S3 more fun to drive? It's a bunch. <laughs> Or sell it. Uh, not to That's mean. jump in. I know I didn't mean that. I, 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 what could he do? A lot of things. Tons APR makes makes quite a, a package for that car. I mean, anything you can do to a Golf R, you can do an S3. Yeah. So there's, I mean, any number of bolt-ons you can draw, you can put on that car for power. To, even as basically an ECU tune from APR, they're very conservative. You can do suspension upgrades. You can do. Is I think S3s are mag ride. Or, or, yep. They are, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just like a set of sports springs, good tires. I, I actually really like those. I cars. drove they're a white one that too. had everything. It had bushings, trans bushings, subframe, coils, kept the mag ride, and bigger turbos. So the whole mod list is in the bottom of the one. Oh, tape. yeah. Zach did a video. It was like a was week great. ago, right? It was, yeah, it, was like a couple, it was like a month or something, but it was really good. It handled great. Yeah. It turned in awesome. So just go look at that list, and you can start checking things off. I like the S3 a lot. I like the it's size. Really nice. it, and, and it's yeah. like the only it's way. the size of a B5 S4. Right. It, it's it's 90s size. And you get into it, and the only way, only way you can tell that it's a new car is because it's, you know, the interior is all cramped because there's they had to package and all the crash <laughs> shit. But it's the right size. It yeah. feels like something 20 years old. Too many cars are too big. Totally. Yeah. Um, thanks, Ryan. Luis says, I'm driving to Oklahoma City from L.A. What would you check out along the way? What's up? Can you can you pull up a map of what's between L.A. and Oklahoma City? What route would you take to get there? I mean, is it Grand Canyon? Do you go to Arizona and do the Utah parks kind of situation? Or do you go up through uh, Vegas and then to Utah? I don't know. I mean, all the stuff. I'm a big fan of all the stuff down near the border, and I'm a big fan of all the stuff up top, like yeah. way up north. I don't really know much about the stuff in the middle. Okay, so Oklahoma City from L.A., you're pretty much going across Arizona and then New Mexico and then Texas. So I would say that you should do like some Utah National Parks, right? What national park is he touching this right there? This goes through Mojave. Okay. Which, you know, Red Slick Rock, you're on the edge of it. You have to drive in to actually see it. You could dump down um, into Joshua Tree, which is always If you good. take the 10, which is uh, looks like it's about as direct, Joshua Tree's right there. Yeah. And then you cut up through something called... Tonto National Forest, which is oh, big, yeah. and that would probably be really nice. You also drive across the National Forest. Uh, oh, Flagstaff. I'm a big fan of Flagstaff. Flagstaff's Staff. pretty. Flagstaff is pretty, and it's nice. And you also can you can route a bit to go to Grand Canyon there, and you can also... How far is he... Does he go through Page? Or is that... That's further north, isn't it? The big mistake... Does he go near Page, Arizona? 
Mm, I don't know. That's that's a perfect trip, though, to just like do what nobody ever does, which is just pick an exit on the interstate and then go 50 miles in one direction and then you know go, go towards your destination again, right? Yeah. Like yeah. all down near the Mojave and, and Joshua Tree, there are all these two lanes that run pretty much parallel to the interstate, maybe 50, 100 miles away, and you can rip through the desert 90 miles an hour, isn't 100 that, miles an hour. Isn't that cares. page right down there on the line? Don't you go through page? What's that's in parks? Page. Oh, parks. parks. Page is Lower Antelope Canyon and Lake Powell. And they're very, very beautiful. Oh, Paige is up north there on the oh, Utah border. Yeah, it's out of the way. Okay, but if he if he takes the northern route right before Flagstaff, he can just dip north and hit Grand Canyon National Park. Yep, and either come right back down or circle around past something called Great Mountain. Honest, yeah. honestly, the Grand Can- the canyon's amazing, and like the whole the shit that nobody goes and sees, the whole North Rim, all that stuff is fantastic. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would say that for sure. And if you want to go through Page and check out Lower Antelope Canyon, it's pretty amazing. And Lake Powell is beautiful in the winter. I like that. Thank you, sir. Nate says, oh, donation for the Countach Fund. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Corvette question. Will the C7 hold its value better than previous generations because it seems it will be the last with a front engine? I don't know if it's going to be the last with a front engine. You think if you think the if they make the mid engine one, they'll continue to make a front engine one? Well, look at it, right? I mean, the mid car the, the mid car is going to be more expensive, and the front car is there's, you know, the the big problem with the front engine car. You talk to Euchter and the guys who build it, right? And they say that they've reached the limit of what that car can do from an aero and a brake cooling and and a grip perspective and tire package, all of it packaging. Have you driven a ZR1? Yeah. It's fucking batshit. It's insane. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Yeah. But the point is, you talk to those guys, and like the, the, something tells me that somebody else probably has a real answer for this, but my guess is that the mid-car will be will be a step above the front car, and there'll still be an entry-level front car for like 40 mm-hmm. or 45. Wouldn't that, would that be, do we have to change tooling, though, to produce two cars under the same model, though? And you could say the same thing about a base C7 versus a ZR1. I mean, No, they're built on the same line. Yeah, but that's my point, though. I mean, well, like, right, but now you have like a you have a mid-engine car and a front-engine car going on the same line. That's nothing, nothing about Corvette production has ever made sense. That car's mm-hmm. almost been killed three, four times, right? It almost died after the We haven't seen any front-engine prototypes, though. No replacement pro. I've only seen mid-engine prototypes. I li- like I like your theory. I, I I'm do, not saying I'm right. I'm theory. saying that's that's what I dice on, right? I think it's possible they continue making the C7 for a while while yeah. overlapping with the C8. But I don't. I haven't heard anything about a newer generation C, uh, a C8 or whatever. But I don't know. You know, the last with a front end. Is there really going to be? A front engine nostalgia. The problem with Corvettes, as Jack Baruth has successfully argued a few times, is that the best, you know, the best Corvette is always the newest, fastest Corvette. Right. You know, you've got a 67 Tri-Power, and then you've got the be- the newest, fastest Corvette. There's not... Th- the, no Corvettes from the 80s to or 90s or 2000s go up. They just go down and stay there. Right. You know what I mean? There's no... It's not like... There are folks who think air-cooled 911s are better than water-cooled, so the air-cooled ones hold their value, go up. There's a fixed number of them, etc. They also are much better made than Corvettes, but and so you can refurbish them in a much better way than you can with a vet because fundamentally the body architecture is good. That's a good point. Look at like the 996 discussion. Everyone goes, well, it's the ugliest one. You know, it's it's an ugly bookmark in between some very good pages. Like yeah. 997 is good looking, and the previous were good looking, and so it's like, yeah, some of them are really fast, like the the 996 Turbo. But otherwise, everyone kind of goes, eh, and then they just go, how fast do I want to go, or how nostalgic do I want to be? Yeah, 
I don't know. Remember too, they've met, they've always always made a shit ton of Corvettes, and the only yeah, ones that have right. ever been worth anything are the ones that nobody bought or that you could like special production order with the crazy motor and the crazy diff. Yeah. Or I mean, aside like, from that, it's the first the, Z06. Yeah, right? even if you go to the '60s and like yeah. C2s that are like the you know the. Eh, if it's not one of the crazy special ones, right. it's still thirty grand. It's not worth a ton of money. They made a shit ton of them. They're yeah. always going to make a shit. And ton that's of them. Yeah. that's the generation that everybody basically agrees are beautiful. But yeah. I mean, like the C seven. And- yeah, <laughs> it's a lot going on there. Yeah, I mean, look, if you buy a used Corvette, right? You know, if you buy a used C six Z O six for thirty five grand or thirty grand or whatever they're at now. That will quote hold its value pretty well because there's a there is a bottom to to a 500 horsepower Corvette. Mm-hmm. I, but I, at the same time, man, I mean, I'm all I, and and this They're is not an investment for, car. This though. is different for everybody. Buy what you like. Of course, who gives a shit? I get a lot of people who ask me about investing in cars, and the answer is it's don't. always a terrible idea. Yeah, don't. Yeah, unless you're buying a Countach. <laughs> Still, do, still do you know anybody who owns? Could a be a terrible idea. A could be a terrible idea. We'll see. We'll see. call me back in ten years. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Nam says, "Hey Sam, how's the Integra Type R treating you? And do you have any plans to come to Radwood, LA? I wish I could make it to Radwood, LA. I still haven't been to a Radwood. You the, should come. It's your kind of thing. It is. I like old stuff. I like weird people. I like old stuff and weird people. <laughs> old stuff and weird people is a good. This is a good place to be for that. Yeah. No, Radwoods are go. fun. Something. December second, the Peterson Museum." Yeah. Buy your tickets online. Yeah. No, and how's the Integra Type R treating you? Oh, it's good. It's good. So we left. I left Seattle on Monday morning because it seemed like a really good idea to drive the thing down here for a road and track story. And the tra- the road and track story was here, right? But it seems I, like you took some of the windy way, at least for a portion of it. No, it was just you know it was just the 101 the entire way. And the thing is, like down basically down in Southern Oregon, where the 101 the 101 starts in Seattle, like on the west side of the of Puget Sound, it goes all the way down to Mexico, but it runs it. It basically does the job of PCH until you get to California, until you get to, and it merges with PCH in the northern half. But basically down in southern Oregon and northern California, it varies between like this this kind of four-lane winding thing and then next down into a lane and a half through the forest for like 40, 50 miles at a time. It's great. Oh, so those pictures you put over from the 101? Yeah. Oh, way. shit. I didn't even know that. Oh, fucking way. It was I amazing. I did not know that. But the car, uh, car's like, great. It's the, a Honda. Those, those pictures are 101? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. I did not know that. That is a single lane each way. Yeah. That looks beautiful. Where is that? Uh that's in Oregon. That's uh like halfway down Oregon, I think. But Oregon's no, the, very pretty. It's so good. Oregon's Oregon's good. So good. And there's nobody in it. It's not like California. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Get a, give us a little street view there, Zach. Wherever that is. That looks Is this Northern California or is that this Oregon? Is or, this is Oregon. This is, is that Curry, Curry County in Oregon. This is the 101. Oh my, wow, look at so that. That's pretty. fucking spectacular. And it just it it's draped over uh, cliffs and goes back and in and out of valleys. It looks like PCH and then it'll just end up in a forest for like I said 50 60 miles. That's so, fucking rad. It's amazing. I like that very much. Uh, what happened here? <laughs> <laughs> so the car has 130,000 miles on it and it turns or it had 128 when I left Seattle and or 129 and it turns out that the lifespan of a and I've since looked at the forums and talk to people, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's about when the stock Clutchmaster blows up. So the stock Clutchmaster blew up in traffic in the South Bay, like just outside of San Jose. It started dripping. It got weird because the, the – uh, like the pedal got all squickety, it was hanging up, and then it started dripping, um, started dripping hydraulic fluid down on my 
brand new Tigers. Um, so I just started calling around. I called a couple of dealers. Turns out the factory master cylinder is the same as an uh, standard Integra, but is also $200, the dealer. And O'Reilly's has this terrible made-in-China thing that's probably going to blow up in about a day and a half. But it's $30. So I put it in the parking lot in an O'Reilly's just outside of San Jose. That's that's impressive. I'm impressed by your wrenching skills. I can see there's like shopping carts around here. Did you care? Nope. Were you carrying tools? I had a, a small bag of wrenches. I had to buy like a pair of needle nose because there's a cotter pin you have to pull. It's real easy to get to. Like you, I didn't have to get dirty. Don't you have to like bleed clutch fluid? Or you have to do anything else or no? Yeah, yeah. You just put a you put a hose in the nipple and the nipple. The slave cylinder because it's a Honda. The slave cylinder is right next to the exhaust. Hit, the right next to the header, and it's literally like behind. It's like a foot in from the left headlight, so you you can touch it without even bending over. So oh, you just okay. stick a hose on it, and then somebody pumps. I had a friend with me pump the clutch. Cool. So it's real easy. Okay. Yeah. You're good. You're you're a good wrench. Yeah. <laughs> don't no no. Don't you put f- that out you, there. You have don't pictures you put on that your evil Instagram of you that of you like fixing race cars on the side of racetracks. Well, I don't got, do any of those things. You used to get things. paid to fix Alfa Romeos, right? Yeah, but I mean, just because you get paid to do something doesn't mean you're good at it. I know because I was an apprentice at a heavy equipment yard for a couple <laughs> months, and I got paid, and I shouldn't have. They sent me out once remote to like, hey man, we got a problem with one of the trucks. You got to go fix it. And I was like, I just show you. I this. I you should go. You should go. Jake, Jake's like the master tech. He's like, you're gonna go and figure it out. Did not figure it out. A lot of phone calls, <laughs> hydraulic something broken. I'm just standing in the middle of this field in Monterey like, I don't know what to t- I drove a dump truck down here. That was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> got 14 gears. No, I got, out of, I got out of school with a liberal arts degree, and that basically is a pathway to joblessness. And I had wrenched for basically for beer and rent money all through college and uh, ended up Ended up working as an alpha mechanic for a couple of years, and then uh, BMW uh, Mercedes guy with a friend of mine. And I'm, I have that thing like if I have a lot of time, I'm good, and if I don't have a lot of time, I'm terrible. Mm. And that's like that's the, that's the death knell with a wrench. You're either there are guys that are good, there are guys that are fast and and bad, and then there are guys that are fast and good. And the fast and good guys will always always make cash. Mm-hmm. And in if you're doing that for a living, turnover is the big thing, right? And I just I was never fast enough, and my problem solving wasn't wasn't that great. I, uh, Zach, get rid of that screen. This guy, this guy already asked us. Yeah, Zach, um, Jesus. Oh. I, uh, yeah, he, didn't he ask us that last show? Yeah, we told him auto FRS is a good idea for a daily. Yeah. The auto, the auto gearbox and the FRS is very nice, Alex. It's, as far as autos go, it's a pretty good responsive one with paddle shifters that are, that listen to you. Maybe his question was in the, uh, the fail stream. That's possible. The fail stream? With the Tim. Oh, possibly. Well, if so, thanks for coming back and putting up with our shit. Um, what is it like hmm, with wrenching? I feel like I'm always either using too much force or not enough, <laughs> or I have to bend Ooh. into a position that really well, hurts me. Well, I was worried today because I, I changed my oil and I got um, I got a magnetic drain plug like a year ago, and I'm like torquing it down and torquing it, and it's just turning and turning and turning and turning, and it's not catching. That's bad. And it's not like free spinning. Okay. But it definitely seemed like it had gone further than it should, and I, I checked the torque wrench, and it's fine on, on other bolts, get back under there, and it still's not stopping, and I Google it, and a lot of people have reported they've sheared these things off because they're hollow, you know, they have a magnet in the center. If I find my old drain plug, I'm just going to switch it back because I don't want to strip that out. Well, I mean, look at it this way, right? I mean, there's a reason wrenches are different lengths. Like, the big mistake that everybody makes with fixing stuff is thinking that tighter is better and that, you know, you can, like, everything can be muscled into place. I mean, the amount of force it takes, the amount of of torque at the end of a 10-millimeter wrench to tighten a 10-millimeter bolt that's in the end of that wrench is almost the exact same as what it takes to tighten a 17-millimeter bolt. That's why the wrench is longer, right? So you put the same amount of force on a 10-mill wrench as you do on a 17 millimeter wrench but the longer wrench puts more leverage into it of course. i mean it's it's it you just 
when in doubt, don't muscle it. Right. Shit That's breaks. why I've been like using the torque wrench because high school yeah. I didn't own one, so I broke a lot of bolts. <laughs> so I'm using it, but it's just it kept going in or spinning. I'm like, I don't think there's that many threads. <laughs> I think I'm out of threads. I would actually break things here. on the way out. I'd use too much force in getting stuff out and breaking them that way, breaking the heads off of bolts and shit like that. Oh, well, that means the bolt's probably like frozen in there. Yeah, well, you just got a WD-40 it. Yeah. Well, I didn't think of that. I just was like, oh, oh, more, yeah. just more. <laughs> I gave up eventually and said, fuck it, and let someone who knows what they're doing do That's those things. That's the other yeah. thing, yeah. I did the math. I go, if I work as hard at my job as I can, I can pay someone to work really hard at their job and not waste my fucking time. You have to you have to enjoy it, right? Yeah, you it do never makes it. sense. If it's you don't never enjoy worth it, your time. find a way to pay someone to do right. it, for mm-hmm. sure. You know? Uh, and of course, I understand if people out there don't enjoy it, but have to do it. Yeah. I understand that. I, I do a lot I've, of times. Yeah. I worked my way out of that one. Uh, Jose says, BMW M2 versus a Porsche 718 GTS as a third car with huh. regular track use. Ooh. Well, it depends on what. I mean, God, that hangs on so many things, right? What do you like in a track car? What do you like when you pay for parts? Yeah. How much How much do you really need that back seat and a usable trunk? How much do you care about steering feel? How much do you want a motor that sounds like a Subaru? I would start with, do you like or can you at least deal with the sound of that car? I can't. You can, I know you can't. I can. I don't love it, but I can deal with it. The whole point of a Porsche is that it should be spitting amazing things at you, right? It should be a feedback fire hose. should make you think of Le Mans and great noises and all that other shit. And a car that goes... Is not that? Can I throw? I could. I. I. I think the M2 is really fun on the track. Actually, it's a pretty fun car to drive on the track. And the 718 GTS is fast. If it's, I, it's fast, legitimately fast. Proving grounds, which you, you're on, Sam. Like the GTS was not far behind the GT3 on that course. From a chassis standpoint, is real good. Like if you do, if you stick on 30 decibel earplugs and you don't have to listen to either one of them, it fucking came in all day. The 718 GTS I drove, which I think may have been the same yellow one that you guys had, mm-hmm. had a sticker price of like 90 grand though, right? Yeah, that was 90, our, 91. That was the one we had. So. Cayman GT4s have gone straight in the toilet. Really? Yeah. I have not been paying attention. GT4, GT4s went from a hundred grand to eighty-five grand in about the last three months. That is a good car. Yeah. So if it's that, if it's a third car, I would suggest, and they all have ten thousand miles on them. Every Cayman GT4 is for sale for eighty-four thousand dollars with ten thousand miles on it. Holy shit! I would say buy that. Yeah, all day long. Yeah. That answers your question. I agree. Yeah. Especially because the GTS is probably as fast as the GT4 on the street, but I think with the right tires, and com- you can make the GT4 quicker. On and the frankly, a, a GT4 just has more to say, right? Steering's a little better, chassis's a little sharper, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, New Fee on Two Wheels says, I'm trying to decide between an 07 BMW 330XI wagon and a 2010 Lexus ES 350 for a daily driver, similar price, already have a fun car, living in Nova Scotia. Honestly, I, this is... I mean, I'd go with a Lexus. 2010? What, what What body style is that? Is that the frumpy one? The, the one that well, looks the like all the other Lexuses? I'm not... Huh? The one that the looks, one looks like the, all the other Lexuses? No, it's the frumpy one, isn't it? Yeah, it's a frumpy it's a cam- one. Yeah, it's a Camry. I'm not. I'm not really about that one. It's. Mm. I mean, honestly, for me, that comes down to how many miles are on the BMW and how close you live to either a dealer or yep. how much patience you have for waiting for someone to fix it. That's yeah. completely. You just. It's like. Do you, do you have, have a, a budget to it? fix car? Yeah. yeah. A ten-year-old turbocharged BMW as a daily driver. No. Is a is. 
that's rolling that, the dice, right? I, I take mm-hmm. that back. That's not a hard no. That's just like you are signing up for a lot of caveats. Yeah, right. Like, do, doesn't that thing have a bunch of plastic shit in it that has to be replaced at a hundred thousand miles? Probably. Probably got a lot of sensors. Uh, it's just it's a BMW and it's a modern-ish one, so it's gonna have more sensors than mine and more. You know, oh, it's three thirty, so it's not turbo. I'm it's not sorry, three thirty is good. Yeah, that is, that's that a is good. That's yeah. a regular six. Inline six. You said, what was it? Oh seven. Yeah. So that's an E ninety six. E ninety six cylinder all wheel drive wagon. Like not out terrible. Of, out of the modern ones, that's probably one of the more durable late model BMWs. Uh, but but, I mean, but it's not a Lexus. It's I mean hell, it's not even an E forty six, Zach. I mean like it's. It's mm. a good car, but it's a fine car. But I, I would go Lexus just because headaches suck, and it's your daily driver. You just want, it to, you just want it to work. You already have yeah. a fun car. You don't need to try to get fun every second of every day. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Maybe see if you can stretch it to a GS. A GS three fifty like of that generation is going to be nicer than an ES. What's the GS look like? Yeah, that's the one. A little if you better. Can swing a GS, man. That's rad. I like the GS. I like, the, I like the profile of these, the shape. I don't really like the front that much, but they're definitely better than the ES. What's the? Aren't those all? Those are all LS underneath, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, LS architecture. Yeah, I think. I so. I don't know about that. Really? Some, yeah, somebody was telling me. I, I could be Did totally a wrong. GS on this. is just a shortened LS from that. Well, no, that they they end up using a lot of the bu- same bushings and components and and undercar shit, and just because it's and it ends up being more durable because the car's lighter. Oh, mm. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised, but that that actually makes a lot of sense. GSs people don't think about, but they're nice. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Newfie. Uh, Hoyt says, I have a 2005 Passat. What? Really? With a 2.7T. Gutted? A B5S4. Many mods gutted 400 front wheel horsepower. Jesus Christ. I live two hours from VIR. Recommended, recommendations on roll cage design and features. Well, what I like about roll cage is you can get creative. You know, you can kind of have fun with it. You can have fun with it. Really really you kind of do what you want and you'll show up there and they, they, they're accepting of all shapes. And there's no consequences for poor Not decisions. When no. shit goes wrong, you're fine. It's a, it's a whiteboard that you yeah. can paint on. Basically, that, yeah. yeah. Live I, your dream. Live I'd your truth. I'd love to see a picture of this fucking thing. Jesus Christ. Gutted. Who guts a Passat? A That's Passat amazing. Passat guts it with the wor- least reliable V6 engine you could find anywhere. I salute pushing you. Pushing all kinds of boost wow was that is it oh did you find it on wheel well oh my god is that really it fuck oh it's a wagon i missed that wagon oh my god that's see that's that's properly diseased like if you make the choices that leads to that that life stage you are you're living properly dude you guys got fucking worms eating his brain but i like it Gutted race Find, find some. Look at this headliner. It's got roses on it. Oh my god, that's this pretty dude red. Rules. So uh, for I don't know anything about roll cage design. I would say find a series that has a rule book, right, and build a cage to a rule book. Like well, what would you do? What would you do, Sam? I mean, it depends on whether or not whether you if you're going to build the build the cage or have somebody build it. And really, the weirder the car, the more you want somebody who's built a shit ton of cages to take the thing and look at. Like the subframe points and the hard points, look at everything in the car and inside of it, and decide where tubes need to go. There, there is. If you're not building it for a race series, then you all you're concerned with is saving your ass, right? The car can be a little heavy. Who cares? Find there are find somebody who builds cages for a living and have them give you their intelligent answer, Thank even you. if you're going to fab it up. Yeah, that's a good. That's that's a way better answer than I would have thought of. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, seriously, no. You you build. You've been around a lot of ra- more race cars than me. I just show up and drive them once in a while. But you know, that's good. How was that? Reminds me. How was Mid Ohio? I didn't make it this year. It was brutal. Uh, it was cold, and the car broke a bunch. Aw. Ran some good laps though. We had fun last year. I wish it I was. Made it, it was fun, and that track, when the weather cooperates, is fantastic. It's so good. Yeah, but it was freezing. I, it's all. It's every time I go there, it's cold as fuck. No. I mean, I of course, it's October, so what do you expect? Well, I, it's it's Ohio in October, and I always pack for that thing. I'm like, am I going to need my giant jacket? I, I'm not going to need it. And oh, I put yeah. it in the bag anyway, and I need it, and I wish I'd brought like three giant jackets. Right. <laughs> exactly. I'm stupid. But there was some some heroic fixes. There was a couple big crashes. It was a, it was a tough race. Wasn't that the one where the, like the guys took the E30 apart and then rebuilt the motor ten times and some shit just to do a single tur- lap? Yeah, they turned uh, like four engines into one engine, <laughs> 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 and they completed a single lap. Uh, Speedy Cop was one of the guys who were doing it. Him? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that guy rules. Yeah, it's proper. Um, there was a Ferrari four five eight challenge that crashed. There was a guy who showed up with a brand new. Uh, ND MX5 cup car yeah. that had fucking zero hours on it, put it in the wall on lap two. No. <laughs> of an endurance race. You might be of trying an endurance a little race. hard. <laughs> Wait a minute. Didn't, didn't, uh, didn't the Baruth car, the car you were running, didn't that mm. end up hitting the Ferrari at some point? Yeah, not with me driving, though. Yeah. That didn't cause the big crash. That was just a little rub. But, but yes. that, act, that, that contact happened, right? That contact did happen. Was yeah. it bad? No. It was a tiny tap, and... And if you asked me, I watched the video, and if you asked me to judge whose fault it was, I would have a tough time actually saying that this is definitively one car or the other's fault. Like, it, it was very, it was very minor, that, that particular. There was some other contact that was definitely someone else's fault, not ours. <laughs> uh, and as usual, my stints had no contact, but, um, no. but, uh, yeah. It was, a, it was a very rough race, and actually, I don't think, Jack and Charlie are going to run AER in that car next year. Jack's going to buy a seat in that um, TCS fit. Oh, really? You know those guys? Yeah, the motor swap. Thing. Yeah, is, that, cool. is it? I can't remember if it's total chassis solutions or tailored chassis solutions. Um, it's TCS, and these guys fucking build. I think it's tailored chassis solutions. That that's it right there. That's the article Jack wrote about it. The case. It's a K twenty four. In a second gen fit, that's it, and it is really fast. He said it was fun too. It's really also really fun. You they drive the whole car's got oversteer fucking everywhere. <laughs> yeah, um, and you pretty much only you drive it as if it doesn't have rear wheels at all. You just yeah. point the front wheels where it needs to be and stay in the throttle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they offered me a seat if I wanted to drive it. You should do it. Yeah. Then they told me how much it was. Oh, no. it's not cheap. That's the so, thing about racing. Yeah, like, and it's, it, it would be one thing if I didn't also have to buy a flight and a hotel, you know, and all that other stuff. It's thirty five hundred a weekend to drive that car. It's very expensive, yeah. and I mean, look, racing is very expensive. And as it turns out, Jack was probably undercharging me yeah, he, anyway. That makes sense. Yeah. He was being nice. He was being nice, and whatever. He probably was not charging at the appropriate rates. And so, if 3500 a weekend is the appropriate rates, I think I might be out on that one. He has a new article up about like what it cost him to race his Neon in yeah. the Accord compared to owning or leasing a car. And it's yeah. a good article about like you know people that they're car fans but they just go to parking lots and then there's car fans that race and how he used to be snobby about being the one that raced. But the cost... Of racing a season of NASA blew me away. Yeah, didn't yeah. he say that he... Yep. Could, I think he said he did an entire season of NASA and he could have leased a Lamborghini or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. 
He could have, yeah, leased, I think, a Gallardo at the time. I mean, it's yeah. just really expensive for a car that looks, you know, inexpensive and cheap. Well, his Accord, his, his Accord, like, World Challenge car that he traded my Corvette for. <laughs> he traded my Corvette straight up for an Accord World Challenge car. He said it's like um, $1,000 an hour to run that car. Something like that. Well, it might even even been more. I think it was a thousand bucks an hour to run that. None of it is ever cheap. No. no don't listen to anybody who tells you any different. There's wow. no such thing as actual cheap racing. Nope. No. Um oh this one's from Brett Edwards says this comment is dedicated to Jed Copham, who was the owner of Brainerd International Raceway in Minnesota, one of my favorite road courses. Unfortunately he passed away Sunday at age forty six. Oh no. Very sad. How did he can we find out how he died? Mm-hmm. Did you find out? Jed, Jed uh, look. Copham. Uh, have you ever been to Brainerd, Sam? No, I haven't. Fuck Everybody, it's awesome. way the hell up there in Minnesota. In the middle of nowhere. Is it cool? Amazing. It has the fastest right-hand corner in North America. It's like a 160-mile-an-hour right-hand corner. In what? What is it, 160 in miles an hour? I mean, in anything reasonably fast. Holy shit. It's used the entire... It's got a drag strip at the front straight, yeah. and then it has a big banked right-hand corner at the end of it. And it's been around forever. Forever. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it's like... It's a really dangerous track. You could have you could have a major major crash there. Um, <laughs> Looks like he was swimming from his parents' boat, and then he went missing, so he drowned. What? Um, police ah. are investigating. That sounds shady. Swimming from his parents' boat and drowned. Let what? that be a lesson to you: never swim. That sounds sketchy as hell. But that's very sad. And it I do sad. love I do love Brainerd. So R.I.P. Uh, Jed. Damn, that's a shame. Brainerd is a beautiful race. If you ever get a chance to go, go. Uh, Ray says, will the Batim show be released? Of course it will. It got bumped. It was supposed to go up uh, today. It got bumped to next week because of um, Mr. Dweck's uh, interview was timely for the release of his movie, and Batim just rambled. I am sorry your super chat question did not get answered when the live stream crapped out. I apologize for that. We had a technical snafu and lost the last 10 minutes of our show, but it was still over two hours. It was a good show. Uh, Lexia says, uh, as a driving experience, which is better, the BMW 1M or the M2, and how is good steering supposed to feel, and how is an MR2 Spider? That's a (laughs) three-parter. Wow. How is an MR2 Spider? It's a mid-engine Miata. Yeah, MR2 Spider is actually one of those things that everybody says is great, and it's actually pretty great. Pretty great. Yeah. It's like a budget Elise, yeah. kind of. And they are they are not cheap anymore. They haven't been cheap in a long time. Really? Right? Yeah. Is there a good one that's actually, are the good ones actually worth some money? Ah, well, I, or I Elise's, think or are you talking about No, MR2, MR2 Spiders. Spiders. Really? Like, you think they're, you think, oh, you look at it and you think, oh, that's like five, six grand worth of car, and I, if I remember right, they are... They all ten. They are all ten. Something like that. I but, drove one that had a one UZ or a, a, a two ZZ swap. The yeah. Elise engine swap. It was rad. They're great cars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what? How is good steering supposed to feel? Okay, so this this is an interesting question, right? So, um, so think about. So when Gordon Murray designed the F1, right? He used basically used one car's benchmark for the steer, for steering feel. He, he used the mid '60s Lotus Elan. And I owned an Elan once, and mine was kind of a piece of shit. But it's that has nothing to do with steering. The the steering in Elan is is a pretty good benchmark, and it, it there are a handful of cars that people that engineers will hold up as being like the gold standard for steering feel. One is an Elan, the second one's an E30 M3, and the third one's a Caterham Seven. And if you look at those three cars, each one represents a different version of excellent steering. An E30 M3 is, is accurate, doesn't have a lot to say, but it and it doesn't totally just you know bleed things into your hands over and over again. But you know 
enough. It's not wearing. Um, by the other side of that coin is a seven, which is hyper direct, tells you everything. You drive over a quarter, you know which way Washington's nose is facing. The thing wiggles back and forth. You tra- tram lines constantly. It's inc- it's like a Formula Ford. It, it tells you everything and nothing all at once, and it's overload. You drive, you you run a seven in, in you know in your commute, and you get fifty miles in it, and you want the thing to calm the hell down, right? The other side of that coin is the Elan, which is somewhere in between the two. It's light, it's easy, it's accurate. You learn just enough about what the front tires are doing. You can tell when, like, you can tell when the sidewalls start to deflect, when the thing leans into the left front corner in a right-hander. You know everything, right? It's There is such a thing as too much steering feel. There is such a thing as uh, you know that you factor in things like kickback and caster and you know toe change. You don't want to know everything, and coincidentally, the Elan is actually really similar to a McLaren F1. A McLaren F1 is a. I mean, you know that everybody knows what that car is, where it carries its weight, how light it is, what it meant. The interesting thing about an F1 is that it's manual steering, and there aren't a lot of supercars, much less cars that heavy, that have manual steering. But it feels exactly like an Elan, where you get in it, you can at, at parking speeds, you can turn the thing with a single finger. But it does it does that weird happy middle ground between like you know E30 M3 good but a little distant and Caterham Seven too much of everything all the time where you don't think about it you just you you know everything you need to know and that's a really long way to say basically good steering tells you what's happening with the front tires without overwhelming you and making you think about steering it's just there. And you forget about it in the same way that like a good pair of shoes, you walk around and you don't think about your shoes. You're just comfy. And after six hours, your feet don't hurt. But at the same time, you don't, you know, it's not like you've got phone books strapped to your toes. You, you don't, it doesn't get in the way. It helps you. Mm. That's good. Very good answer. Quick answer. Which is better for a driving experience, the 1M or the M2? The third part of that question. I think the M2 is, quote, more sorted, but the 1M is a little more ragged and therefore more fun. That's fair. Yeah, the one M is actually more engine than chassis, whereas yeah. the M two brings that chassis up to meet the engine. Traditionally, BMWs like the philosophy for forty, fifty years was that those cars were supposed to have the engineering philosophy behind the guys who built them was that BMWs were supposed to have more chassis than engine, right? And the one M is great because it's ragged and a little weird and you know feels like the the bits kit car that it is. Yeah, and the the, the M two is great because it's sorted. Yeah, Clayton. Oh, look, Clayton. Clayton, the owner of my Focus RS Clayton. now. Hi, Clayton. Uh, in February 2020, my Hellcat lease will be up. Thinking of saving for something like a new R8, well, there won't be a new R8 in 2020, or a used Huracan by 2024. That's a long way out, Clayton. Or should I get something sooner and get like a ZR1 vet or a used R8? Hmm. I mean, my answer for that's a financial like question. <laughs> yeah. I, I always go vet, right? I mean, it, if if you're thinking about that stuff, what what you really want is a Corvette. Whether or not you can accept that you want a Corvette is another thing entirely. <laughs> Vets aren't headaches. They're no. easy to live with. Yeah, they work properly. Used R8s are going to be expensive to maintain, but you get a manual. And they're pretty rewarding. They're nice. They're the special. Early, the early cars are real good. Yeah. Yeah. The Larry, li- cars. Larry likes his V8 R8 very much. <laughs> he does. Larry, my friend Larry Casilla, he's got a good V8 R8. Um, you know, I, you know, it's the funny thing about these, these, these Lambos, the small Lambos, is they're kind of like vets in that you should always get the newest, fastest one you can afford. You know what I mean? There's no nostalgia for an early Gallardo, right? No one's like, well... I wish this Huracan was more like an early Gallardo. Like, nobody says that. I would go Gallardo simply because it's the last one you can get with a manual in it. 
but yeah. I'm a giant nerd. Not because it's a better car, because it's not. I like driving st- a gated. A gated manual is really nice. Like, yeah. and I would even consider like a, if you could find a stick shift 430. Those are fucking rad. Mm. A stick shift 430 Spider is a delightful, delightful mm. thing. And the motor is really stout on them. And the things that go bad on 430s are. Uh, are the e, are the F one pumps and with on a stick shift one you don't have that problem, um, like used R eights are still depreciating though so if it depends how important you know now we get into a financial question, whereas like a three sixty with a stick or a four thirty with a stick is probably static or right. even maybe up a little bit you know what I mean it's a good point yeah that's uh, a really good idea because. The R8 to me is, it's the only one of those that's like special. Well, okay, the new things, let's just forget those because those are very expensive and that's six years out. But like, a Corvette is a Corvette. He lives in the Midwest, right? He lives in Ohio. So there's a million of those around. Like, that's the local supercar, I'm sure. An R8 is always a special thing. It was special when it came out. I think the interiors are great. The exterior is cool. But to your point, you could have that same special, interesting feeling with a 430 or a 360. The nice nice thing about an early R8 is that you get in it, though, and you close the door, and you you can do big miles in the car and Mm -hmm. not think about it. Like, it feels like an A6 or an A8. Yeah, they're really comfortable. Gets out of the way. Really comfortable. I did a lot of miles in a first-gen R8. It was great. Good luck with my focus, Clayton. Uh, Strength Honor says, is the Type R worth over sticker? No. Certainly not. No. No, I agree. No, there's not a thirty-five thousand dollar car on the planet that's worth paying over sticker for. Period. No. There's almost no car worth over sticker. I, I, I'm vehemently against paying over sticker for anything, but that's yeah. just me. I mean, if you're like mega, mega rich and you must have the newest Ferrari or right. something, all right. But like, are you going to stretch your thirty-five thousand dollar budget to forty or forty-five to get a Honda? Fuck out of here. Wait. Wait six months. Wait nine months. Yeah, or buy, if you've got 45 grand, you can get a better car for 45 right. grand. If that's if your real budget is five or ten grand more than what a Type R costs, get a better car. There are better cars out there. Habacabula, I think is his name. I own a Mark 7 GTI. I want to go off-road uh, camp camping without losing sporty feel. Is there an SUV or truck that has similar feel for the same price other than a Tiguan. Ooh. I was going to say SQ5, but he said other than Tiguan. It's like, well, it's well a, kissing a Q5 is better than a Tiguan, right. for sure. I test drove a Tiguan with Hannah when she was looking at cars. It sucks. It <laughs> super sucks, whereas a Q5 does not suck. Mm-mm. No, Q5 is nice. I mean, you're, yeah. You can get an Evoke... A Land Rover Evoke. I went off-roading in you, one of those. You did. And the room goes And it was silent. okay. I mean, no, listen, it did. Uh, it look, was pretty dude, funny. Uh, an Evoke shares a chassis with a Focus I mean, and a powertrain with a Focus ST and a steering rack with a Focus ST, and the difference, but it has all-wheel drive. The difference is a Focus <laughs> ST is not a JLR product. That's true. I That's mean, true. do you want to own it for more than five minutes? Well, no. he has a Volkswagen owner. He's so. got a Mark 7 GTI. He might have found the one way he could <clears throat> lessen his uh, reliability situation. Yeah. I mean, the good news is a lot of crossovers have the same kind of steering as, like, hatchbacks and sedans, right? They don't yeah. have super numb truck steering now. So, like, you could get an Escape, you know, a Ford Escape. It you really depends on how, like, what severity or difficulty of off-roading are you talking about? Are you talking about, like, a forest road just get you up to a campsite? Like, you can, there's a lot out there. Like, a CX-5 uh, one of those will get you there. Subaru XV Crosstrek things. Like, yeah, that is actually a decent, a better climber, or probably comparable to the Evoke, except it lacks power. But yeah. if you actually want to, like, if you need wheel articulation and ground clearance, you're just no longer owning a sporty hatchback, and you yeah. have to accept that. We saw an Outback with fucking 
BFG KO2s on it on the way to go get the Countach. Really? Plane. It looked great. Yeah. It looked great. See, had a big rack on it. It was cool. That's what you should get. Yeah. <laughs> get an I swear to God. Get a Subaru and put serious. rally tires on it. Problem solved. Or yeah. uh, a Forcer XT. Same thing, rally tires. Or build a 911 Safari car. Uh, Mr. What is this? Oh, where were this we? Hopped, oh, Jesus. We're, we got a lot. Okay, we're cutting off the questions. I'm cut. Don't ask any more questions because we got. We do have to finish this show in 20 minutes because I have pizza to make for my girl tonight and her friends. Right? You coming over, Sammy? Yeah, why not? We got time limit on this one tonight. Uh, Mr. Mr. Mayday says the Fiesta ST should not have been allowed to die. Should enthusiasts consider buying the most affordable enthusiast cars new to save the genre? Of course. The reason cars die is because people don't buy them. <laughs> it's funny how that works. A leads to B. This is it's such an obvious thing. Like the reason manuals died is because people stopped requesting them. Mm -hmm. The reason Porsche brought the manual back is because people bitched about it enough that they brought it back. If you buy the things, people will sell them to you. <laughs> Show up with your money, son. <laughs> It's yes. just economics. It's I agree. Basic economics. Yes. yes. Quinn 18T says, big fan of Sam Smith's writing. Aren't we oh, all? Thanks. Uh, one of my favorite articles was when you road tripped to Vegas in a GT350 replica. Was that Webster's car? No, I sold it to Webster. That was mine. Oh, it was yours first. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was a nice little car. You had a oh, GT350 replica? So much. It was like a 66. I had a, right? I had a 66 Fastback that had a bunch of head-up. Had a built 302 in it and a bunch of random parts in it. Sweet. Yeah. How long did you own that for? Oh, a year. And then we moved west and I had to sell it because I ran out of space. Okay. Yeah, did you build it, it yourself? Uh, it was built by some guys in Wisconsin and found for me by my friend Colin Comer, who works now works for Haggerty, but used to work for Road and Track. And I did a bunch of, bunch of random other stuff to it. Seems great. What was that orange fastback replica we drove from... Con years ago in June, and I got to drive it home, and it was like one of my favorite muscle car experiences. Even though it was a good one, body a good one is so good. This was one of those like resto mod two hundred thousand dollars SEMA car kind of things. It was called like the Venom or some shit. You don't need it. You can get the same experience nowadays for probably like twenty to fifty. Yeah, you know, some decent springs and an engine that works. That's all you need. The thing is, like, you drive an original GT three fifty, and they they feel like somebody crossed some weird old British sports car with every good muscle car cliche and none of the bad ones. Like the steering's That's light, great. they make a shit ton of noise, they handle actually really well, they stop okay. And the problem with the problem with everybody who ever ever modified a sixties muscle car is that like there's actually a way to do that right and ninety nine point nine percent of people don't do it. Yeah. I rode in a lot of cars filming uh, big muscle that did it right and I was blown away yeah. at the cornering speed, braking performance, yeah. everything of like Jimmy Day's the AMX was like, I was like, am I in a 997 GT2, yeah. right? like GT3? What yeah. the fuck is happening? And he's just dicing up GMR and just, you know, V8 explosions happening. It was great. Those Detroit speed cars, mm -hmm. like, fucking. Uh, yeah, that thing was cool. I liked I liked that GT350, for fake or not, it was cool. Uh, whatever your name is says, S2, uh, Jerry Mara says, S2000, parentheses, maybe supercharged, C5 Z06 or 996 Carrera for a fun weekend car that could appreciate in value. <sighs> That's like saying, well, do I want pizza, a hamburger, or sex? Like, those thing, three things could not be more different. Yeah. Which one do you want? And also... You can have them together. And also, <laughs> zero I out could of have sex with a hamburger pizza? Zero out of three of those cars <laughs> will appreciate in value. The C5 Z06 nope. had like a slight bump 
two years ago. I yeah, think. but, but it's... Appre- please appreciate that car's built like garbage. Appre- <laughs> there's no appreciating. No one today is going. Well, the C5 was really the best one. These ones they're building right now really suck. That's True. not happening. <laughs> That's a good point. The 996 Carrera is the ugliest port 911 ever made, and the S2000 modified with forced induction is guaranteed to not appreciate. Yeah, guaranteed. Correct. It's a lock. So if you want a car that appreciates in va- that will appreciate in value, pff, not those, bro. I mean, honestly, with questions like this, it always comes down to what do you want personality-wise. Yeah. Those three choices are so far apart from each other. Yeah. Like, you should buy the thing that you want to drive. Yeah. Like, and, like, I mean, they're totally different. S2000 is a tiny little fucking razor blade of a car right a 996 carrera feels like a porsche in most ways but the performance you get out of it is not worth the maintenance cost if you buy a 996 carrera for 20 grand you blow the motor it's a twenty-five thousand dollar motor you're now negative five thousand you know what i mean you you have to want the porsche experience to justify buying any 911 right right because on paper they don't make sense and a, a, a corvette on paper only makes sense and then you get in it and you like you drive a c5 and you, and you if you don't really want a c5 or think to yourself ah you know like this is fast as shit and i only paid x amount of money for it i think yeah. that's great you'll get in it and you'll be like this this is basically the inside of a silverado with worse steering mm-hmm. dude and when you close the, <laughs> there is no sound in the world <laughs> That is worse than the door close of a fucking C5. (laughs) I mean, none. If you're that kind of person where you you close that door and you want that bank vault sound, this is when you close it, it's your kid spilling over his bucket of Legos. It's the worst fucking sound you can... That's why I sold my vet. There was nothing wrong with it. It was beautiful. It was in great condition. I kept it up. It was very fast. But when I closed the door, I went, ugh, every time. You have to admit, though, as C5s go, that was a good vet. Yeah, it was, but it's not as good as the C6Z or the C7Z. No, no I'm so, just saying it was a good car. As a, so they won't appreciate it, yeah. Uh, James says, your story, Sam, your story about a road trip with your daughter in the 2CV was awesome. What is the key to keeping car enthusiasm alive for the next generation? Oh, Jesus. What is the solution to world peace? Um, I don't know. And anybody who tells you that they know is wrong or talking out their ass. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's, it's just showing other people what's great. Right. And if you fig- if you find something that you love, share it with people. And that's I don't know. My daughter is five. She was four when I made that story, wrote that story. And she doesn't know anything about cars, doesn't know what they are, doesn't know how they work. She knows that her mother drives a Honda and other Hondas are red and all Hondas must be red because mom drives a Honda. But the 2CV is a... Good luck navigating that right. one. <laughs> but the 2CV was a 30 horsepower thing and the roof comes back and it feels like you know, it, it beats you up with sensation and she liked it. Like at the end of the day, cars are fun and showing people how and why. You put somebody in a Camry and you drive them back and forth to school every day, they're not going to think cars are interesting. Yeah. Share what you love. The first time I saw a DeLorean, I knew that a car could be special. Exactly. And I didn't know that they drove like shit or any of that kind of stuff. I just was like, doors up, no paint? What? <laughs> Cars are special. You know what I mean? So if yeah. you expose... I, I, and I don't have any kids, but I think if you expose young people to special cars and explain to them why they're special... They will develop an appreciation for that. And special doesn't have to mean expensive no, or no, no. loud or fast. It's just something Interesting. Yeah, different that means something to you. If Mon- they look anamorphic, if they look like a cartoon's face, that yeah. might help, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. 
Um, M says, Matt, convince me not to get a Focus RS. Okay. Uh, they're very, very stiff from the factory. Mine, I needed a $5,000 set of shocks to fix that. The seat is really not a good driving position. And um, when you're going slowly, it's basically just an uncomfortable Focus. That's why you shouldn't. That's There's other reasons you should, but if you want me to convince you not to, those are the reasons not to. Uh, Brandon says, hi, Sam. It was awesome seeing you at the Milwaukee Mile this summer. Hope, <laughs> hope you want to run it again. Also, <laughs> they have a Fiat 131 race car I can drive. Well, all right. As well as a, a 95 MX3 I'm building. Okay. Oh, the mile. The mile is amazing. It's a, it's one of the oldest permanent racetracks in the world. It is a mile long. It is an oval that is almost completely flat, which means that you go into it in literally anything <laughs> and turns one, two, and three, and four basically like uh, somewhere between. Is it a, mini Indy? Sort of. So it's in the it's in the state fairgrounds in Milwaukee, which is smack in the middle of a neighborhood. So they were running a. I was there because they were running a um, Midwest Council Club race, and we were running the uh, an old BMW there. But like every corner that is is basically an eighty to one hundred and twenty mile an hour skid pad. Oh my and god, that sounds amazing! It's so cool. That they sounds to, perfect. They used to run thousand horsepower champ cars there. It's it's great. Oh, there's a champ car right there. Yeah, look at that. The mi- the mile is cool. rowdy. It is that looks not crazy. And it's, it's literally like flat. a block oh, wow, away wow. from a flat mini Indy. Yeah, look at that. It used to be the race after Indy every year. It's a block away from a McDonald's and like a bunch of row houses. It, well, it's, thank God for that. It's cool as shit. <laughs> it is oh, so cool. cool. I mean, I'd love to come out. Someone's got to, you know, obviously someone's got to have me a gig. I'm not going to fucking go to Milwaukee on my own dime. Milwaukee is rad, though. I'm not paying to go to Milwaukee. Well, okay. If you can sort it, you should go to Milwaukee. Someone's got to give me a gig. If I get a gig, I'll go. Sure. Rafa says, I have a 924 Turbo, and I have yet to drive it. Rebuilding it. Thoughts? Interesting choice of Porsche. Yeah. Mostly Volkswagen and Audi. Definitely. Magnus seems to like his. Yeah. He's got one of those GTs. The the interesting thing about those is that for years, no one wanted nine. It's like 914s, right? Everybody's all, eh, it's not a 911. And now that all the 911s have gotten expensive, people are kind of cluing into the giant four-cylinder Audis. 928s are definitely having a moment. I am, you know, they're they're fine. I am not a 928 guy. I drove one that was excellent. I've been a told really well sorted one with a manual and yeah. good shocks on it, and it was really nice. I've been told real good ones are real good. I yeah. did a cam belt on one once, and that made me never want to <laughs> see one again. Yeah, they, they, I've, I've also heard horror stories. It's they're not that bad. It's just not not my taste. Yeah, um, I don't have any thoughts on a nine two four. They don't do anything for me. But good luck with your build. Yeah. Uh, Jose says, black plastic body cladding keeps me up at night. Why does everything <laughs> with a hatch need to have the avalanche's mutant DNA in it? Yo, it's cheap, homie. It's cheap and it's utilitarian, right? And in 10 years, it'll have faded to gray and make you look like you're, you're even more of a hobo than you are. Right. You know what I like? I like the Citroen cactus with the Rubbermaid's doors. Have you seen that shit? They pronounce it cactus. Do they? I don't know. Fuck I think the French. So. Honestly. <laughs> Whoa! Fuck the French. Wow. Don't, don't most car companies like the base car is black cladding, and you can get yeah. it paint matched. It just costs extra money. The cactuses or cactus, however you say it, is funny because like they got done with the car, and then it looks it looks like they literally finished designing it, and then said, you know what, this needs this needs a giant fucking dong shaped piece of plastic in the door, <laughs> and then they put it on there, and everybody's like, yes, mm, yes, because they're French, and that then the car this is, is avant garde. <laughs> yeah, completely. It makes zero sense. It is like a plastic baguette. But Zach brings up a good point. If you start with the plastic version, then you can come up 
up with an upgraded version or a luxury trim later and just paint that shit and charge more for it. I yeah. like, though, how the guys stand up nights because ultimately cladding is a lazy design solution and props to you. I agree. Christopher says, I'm building an S14 uh, Nissan 240 with a 4.6 4 cam Texid. I don't know what that it's is. It's a Ford camera build from what I've just Googled. Oh, it's a Ford engine? Oh, 4.6. Four 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 six. Six. Oh, four, with a 4 cam. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, oh, so it's a Mustang Cobra engine. Uh, Z32 brakes as a weekend VIR toy. I have Coney's and Springs. Wow. Any other suspension mods to think about long term? I don't know what people do to S14s, but generally speaking, the big mistake everybody makes with tuner cars is too much spring and not enough suspension travel. Set the thing up to be easy to drive, which means like if you think it needs to be a certain amount of stiff, back that off 20%. And then when you can put the thing into a slide at 120 miles an hour and catch it easy with your eyes closed, you've got it set up right. That's a good advice. When we were down in New Zealand, all these guys uh, do these street sprints and hill climbs, and their secret, all of them, their secret was... Make it, make it yeah. have some give. Yeah. So they would have you know sidewall and and give in the suspension, and then they were super super easy to drive. If you, I mean, ultimately most race cars, most pro grade race cars are set up softer than you think. Like two years ago, I did this thing where we went to Laguna Seca and I drove forty Miatas over the space oh, of yeah, like three days, and most of the cars had somewhere between like. 500 and 900 pounds of spring in them, which, to put that in perspective, uh, the stock spring rates, I'm guessing here, are probably a couple hundred pounds, and the MX-5 Cup cars probably run like fours, fives. So, too much. If you set the thing up to have to use the suspension, it will be easy to drive. If you set it up so that all the spring is in the tire, it will be hard to drive. That's a good tip. Especially with a fucking V8 and a 240. Don't yeah. make it any harder to drive than it needs to be. So good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really? uh, GTO V8 Power says, I'm currently building a Spec E46 after running with NASA. Right. Spec E46 is a really fun car to build. Uh, do either of you own a race car? And if not, what race car would each of you want to own? You own a race car? I do not own a race car. Is that I your used- dad's car? Uh, no. No. So I used to own, I've owned several race cars. Uh, the last thing I owned was a Formula Ford. I don't own one now, but I, a friend of mine is nice enough to let me run his BMW 2002 that is somewhere between, it's like a cross between an SCCA E-Prod car and a Trans Am car. But what was the question? If you don't own a race car, what race car would you like to own? Oh, my God. What? How long do you have? <laughs> like, uh, can, we, can we talk for months? That's, that's, that's like saying, what food do you like to eat? I'll tell. I'll, I'll, I I think his idea, Spec E forty six, the one I drove was super super fun. Yeah. And I like a GT car. I have no desire to own an open wheel car because I'm too big and they sketch me out. So a, a reasonably modern uh, GT style race car with between two hundred and three hundred and fifty horsepower is about what I'd like to have. Maybe an E forty six M three race car, something like that. Something, something with- easy to drive and forgiving and yeah. Sounds good. The right size, not too big. Miata's a little small for me, but BMWs are about the right size. Something I, something with a roof, something with just enough power yeah. that you can move it around on throttle at not enough tire, right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I think I have two answers. An open-wheel Formula Ford, I think I'd like to have that experience, and it would be, it's it'd be good and important. And then, yeah, uh, something with a roof and a V8. Yeah. Like yeah. A, there you go. There are there are very few bad race cars. There are only race cars that aren't set up right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Steven Van Rin says, "Thanks for the Oregon shout out, but don't move here." 
I agree. It's there's a lot of racism there. I'm, I'm it's about that. True. Not yeah. about that. I mean, it's true. I live 30 minutes from where you just looked out on the map. There you go. Cool. I drive an, an old WRX wagon. Uh, what's a good upgrade with similar features? Ooh, so if you want to, if you, want, I mean, I think the car, not mods. Like, what's a good upgrade to a WRX wagon? So a hatchback, reasonably quick, all-wheel drive, possibly. Um, I mean, does it have a, to have a manual? You can focus a, ST because unless it, I mean, even if there's snow, just get snow tires. But it's mo- if it's mostly rain there, just get good tires. And the Focus ST would probably make you, you'd be blown away by the speed. Actually, if your WRX is stock, a Golf R manual. Oh, that's Golf a, R manual fantastic. would be the would be a good a upgrade. Price or just a newer STI. I was gonna say if he's coming out of a WRX wagon, though, a Golf R is probably gonna be a little fat and numb and distant, right? Maybe. And expensive. And expensive. And not have as much uh, room to carry shit. Forester XT. Yeah, you right. do that like yeah. like an 06, right? And that's when mm-hmm. they had the, the 2.5 engine in it. Mm-hmm. That was a good stout, stout thing. Or a Volvo V60. Mm-hmm. If, you can, if you can go with an automatic. Volvo Those V60. Are quick. Yeah. They're not as fun to drive. They're heavier, but they are quick. Mm-hmm. And they feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. Uh, Jordan says, I recently installed a clutch stop on the M2 competition package, and it completely changed the driving experience. Is there any logical reason a manufacturer would have so much clutch travel beyond the catch point? Some of it is to make the car seem easy to drive, because you figure most people don't have sensitive feet, right? And really, when you're, you think about it, when you're driving, when you're driving quickly, you don't use all the travel on a clutch pedal. Like, you can get away on a good synchro box with brushing the clutch, because all you want to do is just release enough load in the drive line to get the transmission to loosen up so you can pull it out of gear. Most manufacturers put big tr- clutch travel in, so a car will be easy to drive, and also easy to drive as the pressure plate wears, as the clutches get age on them and the, and the, the take-up point moves. You know, a, a race car clutches typically have, like, somewhere between half an inch and an inch of travel, a couple inches, maybe at most, and you, you have to have a really sensitive foot to know where that happens. Most people don't have sensitive feet. I think I, my answer would be the same, just to make it easier to drive. That's yeah. that's pretty much where I would go with that. Thank you, sir. Uh, the Adventure Index. Uh, Zach says, uh, Zach, I know you've got a fourth gen. What no, do you, I don't. No, I, I drove don't. one. Is that What's what a fourth about? gen mean? Fourth gen Camaro. Oh, okay. And I, Matt's slowly getting more into dirt. Uh, okay. Would love to see your thoughts on free drawer system blueprints. Uh yeah, all right, we'll take a look at that later. But uh, any anything that's free, the community will like. It's free. You can't complain about something that's free. If you do, you're a cunt. Hmm. Uh, Chaosphere says, I need a new winter car. My summer car is an Alpha 155. Whoa! I'm deciding between an 06 Saab 95 Aero or an 06 R53 Mini Cooper S. This is a person with diverse tastes. Yeah, I've owned an R53 before and currently own a Saab 93, which the wife is taking in a divorce. I understand her position. Uh, the thing about an 06 R53 Cooper S, I had an, J- an 06 JCW. You do not want one of those with over 60,000 miles on them. No. They straight up fall the fuck apart. Imagine. Is this what this guy's talking about? This is a, a drawer system that goes in a Jeep? Oh, yeah. It's for, like, camping and shit. Oh, wow. It's a grill. Pull that over. That's cool. This is a cool idea. Let's share that. Um, this guy's got a whole camping solution that turns your truck into a kitchen. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, I'll take that for free. Blueprints for community. Thank you for posting that on Instagram. I like that. Yeah, Good job. Yeah, that's very helpful. That's like those those 
eighty thousand dollar off road trailers have that stuff in it, mm-hmm. and you could just you know build it with some cabinet stuff. I drove a G wagon that a guy built, and he had a system kind of like this that he designed himself. But yeah, if you have plans for that, that that's great. I like that a lot. It's the Good Adventure job. Index. The Adventure Index on Instagram. Good job, buddy. Nicely done. Um, I would not, you know. 06 Mini Cooper S's are old now, and those things, they just fall apart. I cannot recommend one of those. In winter, I don't know. Ooh, remember the Saab 92X? What's a 95 Arrow? Is that, are those good? Or are they bad? They're eh, not good, are they? I mean, at this point, all of them have miles on them. I don't know. I don't, I don't. Those, those two sex selections kind of suck. I would go with the Saab just because. I having owned a mini and watched Thaddeus's mini completely fall apart. I'm done with minis. I mean, at the, at that point, a nine five is you're talking a lot of GM parts and yeah. um, uh, a lot of GM parts made oddly Swedish. And with the mini, you're talking a lot of BMW parts or BMW design ideas made cheap. And I, I think you probably go sob. Yeah. Uh, thanks, man. Sean says, "Do we? Are we? Is this the end?" Okay, great. We got two left, and then we're calling the game because we got to go. Uh, Sam Sean says my B8S4 got totaled by a texter in traffic. I'm sorry to hear that. I mm-hmm. hope you're okay. Uh, I want to jump to something a little more exotic. Fifty-five thousand dollar budget, and I want a two plus two, Vora S, Porsche nine nine seven, Porsche nine nine one. Any other options? That's a tough one. Five right? grand. Hmm. I mean, the nine nine seven isn't a bad idea. But what else? What? Where else C2 would you go with that? Uh, fifty-five grand. <sighs> you can get an M2. Brand new M2. Yeah, I'd probably. I'd, I'd probably rather have the 911. 11. Yeah, I'd have a 99, a really nice 997 C2S over a fairly beat 991. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'd yeah. probably take a 997 over any similarly impractical BMW, just because I don't know, it's more talkative, better car. Avora S's are not bad. The 400s are really where it's at. You, I don't know if you can get one that cheap. Maybe you could. Can you can you push the budget a little bit and grab an Avora 400? Because that's really where it's at. It's a big difference from the S. Um, but if it's just those three you got there, I would say 997 C2S or maybe a GTS if you can swing that. If you can get one. Thank you, sir. Andrew says anything I should test before buying a 2018 V6 manual Camaro. I'm looking to spend less than twenty five thousand on a daily. In around LA to replace my unbelievably uncomfortable MR2 Spider. <laughs> Occasional Canyons, my only car. Well, he's looking at a, a 2018 V6 manual base. So, I, I was look, look at a used market. I feel like you're spending so much money for something that it's not like a 1LE V6. It's just a base V6 Camaro. Oddly, at that point, I think I'd just go a couple year old Mustang, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, get a few year old GT, yeah. and you'll be way happier. Mm-hmm. You can see out of better. it. You can yeah. see out of it. Yeah, uh, you can put things in the trunk. You can fit things. You know, the, well, the opening in the new Camaro is better than the old one, but it's not saying much. It's just so much money for a car that's like going to be forgotten. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would also, you know, look at maybe uh, you know your your GTIs, your Focus STs. Um, GTI is a good one, man. You, you, you can get them right around twenty five. I don't know if they're under, but it's close. You get a used Fiesta uh, ST. Yeah, that'd for, be rad. Those are a lot more fun than a V6 Camaro. Yes. Um, Cheaper, too. What else in, the, in that coupe category? Oh, dude, a BMW 135i. Yeah. For a 135i is a lot of fun. 15, and you you know keep five for maintenance stuff. That's a ton mm-hmm. of fun. 
I mean, you're obviously going to be making payments if it's a brand new car, but hopefully you can get something without that. 135i, sweet. Those are, they are, they are. Alex Bernstein really likes his. Yeah, they're He's mobbing fast. Things. They're really fast. And you could, you could definitely get one for 15 and save some cash for... Uh, also, check out an Accord V6 coupe. Manual. <laughs> Seriously. Stop that. good. Totally decent. You spent too much time with Jack. It's a nice car. It is a nice It's a great it's car. It's a nice car. It's a great car. What else is... Anything else? Uh, I mean, FRS? GT86, maybe? I, I wouldn't drive one of those every day. The, cl- the clutch and even, even with the automatic, you can't see out of them. I mean, it's... FRS? Yeah. See out... You can't see out the front, rear three quarter behind you. If you're in traffic, okay. I just like compared to a Camaro. Camaro's like driving a hoodie. Fair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can get a C5 Vet that's been well maintained for like half that. It'd be way more fun. Ooh, L.A. Tough daily in L.A. It's that's low, true. low, that's, low. That's lot of, a lot of scraping. A lot of those through those dips. You know. Oh, it's that's low. a good point. Yeah. All right, that's the show. Thanks, Sam. Thanks. Do you plug anything? Uh, road road and track. track. Um, read road and track. Read road and track. Read road and track. Instagram uh, is that Sam Smith, not the other one that sings, the one that writes. That's that Sam Smith. I do have multiple Grammys though. Let's be fair. You do four. Yeah, pretty much. Sure. Four, why what? not? Sure. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, Stay with me. Yeah, mind the Integra Type R driving north to uh, <laughs> to Seattle. Don't don't steal his Integra Type R. I mean, it's gonna uh, the it is the destiny of all Integra Type Rs to eventually get stolen. Sooner so. or later, it will be stolen. The Earth will cool and fall into the sun. Right. But uh, until then, the new issue of Road and Track, uh, he gets to write in print. I get to write in fucking. Although I'm in the new issue. You are. It's I cool. am the Aventador S. Yeah. Is that out yet? Uh, should be. That's next one, right? I think. I think it's next month. My Aventador SVJ got printed, ed- edited slightly, and then printed. <laughs> they don't let me just write whatever the fuck I want and then print that. They they tone it down a little bit. Everybody needs an editor. They remove the f bombs. Um, I don't think I had any F-bombs, but they removed some things. All right. Well, that's a good show. We will see you uh, next week. The Smoking Tire Podcast is powered by Shout Engine. Get your own damn podcast at ShoutEngine.com. It's easy. All you need is a microphone, a connection to the internet, and preferably something to say. Goodbye.